Welcome everyone to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hands and Harry. How is everyone out there in internet land doing? We hope you are doing well. Welcome to the show. I am your host with the most, Papa Spice. I'm joined by two of my best buds, Hans and Harry, and we like to discuss and dissect everything pop culture, specifically uh, movie and TV related stuff. All that out of the way. How we doing tonight, boys? Harry, how how you doing, pal? Doing pretty good. Uh, I I don't know. I was thinking about. I mean, we're hitting the end of August here, and. I, I say pretty good because there's there's been a lot of shakeups in in Hollywood with with a couple of movies moving and it's gotten me. But we've also had a bunch of trailers been dropping recently uh, for some I would say genre movies to independent movies that you know are up some people's alley and not up others. And uh, I think our topic tonight is a perfect example of that. But uh, you know it's it's an exciting time. You know, as me as a movie lover. Um, you know, Liverpool's back. Their season's been rocking and rolling. Uh, they had a great win over the weekend. Uh, I have to watch my nephew this weekend. So, you know, prayers up for Harry. Uh, appreciate <laughs> the all chat. the love. Yeah, F's <laughs> in the chat. Um, so I got that. So, yeah, pretty good. Uh, we got a we got a long weekend coming up with Labor Day. I hope, uh, you know, people get time to spend with their friends and family um, or yeah. however you want to spend it if you're able to do it. And yeah this is just uh and we're hey we're here podding again guys um it feels like longer for some reason uh not our normal two weeks but even though it is uh i don't know maybe it's just been busy weeks i don't know i don't know what's going on but yeah pretty good it is it is well good to hear it is strange because we see each other almost every day right and we talk movies all the time (laughs) yeah we have group text where we talk about movies we talk about movies at work you know at lunch we yes, talk sir. about movies all the time. So, yeah, even though even though we're constantly in communication, um, yeah, I feel you with the, like, it does feel like it's been a while since we yeah. sat down and did our little formal roundtable, yeah. if you will. Exactly. So, Glad I'm interesting. not the only one. No, no. Uh, Hans, how are you doing, pal? I'm I'm good. Uh, I I want to apologize to everyone for the last episode. Uh, towards the end of it, we got a little silly. Uh, you know, I I know we talked. I want to apologize for anyone who's currently in a in a relationship with a uh, a turtle. Um, I'm sorry. I did not mean. Uh, you know, we were just having a good time. Oh my goodness! Um, I know we had us three had some discussions afterwards, and and I I feel like you know I I, I should take back. What I said, I, I do apologize yeah. for anyone. Love is again. love, baby. Love is love. Uh, so if you uh, if you have uh, you know, you're in a relationship with a, a ninja fighting turtle, um, then I hope I hope everything for the best. Hey, uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a chance <laughs> to redeem yourself tonight. I, I will say that based off of our topic. So well, uh, I'm just yeah. just gonna say something. <laughs> I was was well picked. Uh, I'll just yeah. leave it at that for in a little bit. So. Uh, yeah, we'll, Greg, Greg we'll get to that. Loud and clear on the uh, on the last pod. I know. Right on, brother. <laughs> I know. In some of the suggestions, I saw I saw a theme, and I'm like, wait a minute. I feel like I'm getting backed into a trap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, doing good. Uh, like, as Harry said, we're at Labor Day. We're at the uh, the the pinnacle of movie releases, where uh, you know Hollywood throws the best of the best out in uh, August, as you. we saw with a few few movies that just came out with Blue Beetle and Gran Turismo. Um, you know, he's being facetious, folks. I, of course I am. Of <laughs> course I am. Uh, um, yeah, this this is normally I will say normally this is the dumping ground. It used to be the dumping ground, but August that that first week of August, it usually goes to like some kind of uh, 
you know, under, I won't say underachieving, but it's a, a an underdog superhero movie. And Blue Beetle got it this year, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah, but I, I'm just kind of, you know, getting ready for a new baby on the way, getting, trying to catch up on as much as I can before I, I, I you know, lose any sleep that I get now. So, yeah. I'll, hmm. you know, I, I, I'm definitely coming up on that three o'clock in the morning. Like, eh, let's see what's streaming. Let's see if I haven't watched yet. Let's hmm. watch Titanic Love for it. the fifth time in two weeks. Dude, Big you know, Titanic you know Couples Retreat and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Those will be the two movies yep. on. Yep. Couples Retreat has not been on, unfortunately. I'm sorry to, to <sighs> say. Titanic has been taking this place. It is driving Catherine crazy because she does not like Titanic. She said she saw what? it once. Really? She saw it once. She... I figured Friend, that would be all, right. All my, all my listeners, if if you if you, if you're listening, you know my wife. She does not normally watch, repeat movies. Uh, maybe certain ones. Uh, a couple's retreats. One of them, if it's on, she probably watched Titanic once when it came out and never had the desire to see it again. Meanwhile, out of my laziness to change a channel and my love for Titanic, I just I just leave it on, and it's four hours. I'm sure she's never seen uh, Little Mermaid more than once. So yeah, I, well, I mean, I was, that, yeah, I was that's thinking a, the same thing. She's seen that a couple times, and also that's coming out on Disney Plus. So September, I, I know it's going to be coming on in my house every other every other day. Yeah. So we'll I know another one of your favorites, which is perennially perennially on TV, is uh, Back to the Future Three. When you pop that on, doth she protest? No, she says I don't want to watch another time travel movie. So, um, oh, come on, bro. <laughs> I was actually talking about the. It's funny you mentioned that Back to the Future about a couple of people in work today, and we were talking about Back to the Future three. Start uh, start watching Dark, and uh, don't tell her what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> we we are looking Honestly, for a new show. We are Honestly, looking for a new show. In, so she'll be in on the first season, hundred percent. And then the fact that it's probably got German subtitles drops. and yeah. time travel, it's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah, I still got to get on the dark train. Uh, well, glad to hear that you are doing well. I, myself, uh, I'm doing okay. Um, I am almost finished with my Summer of Samurai. I have one film left to cap out the month, uh, which I'll watch tomorrow. And all told, that'll be 41 Samurai movies Jeez over the course Louise. of, uh, I think, starting in May. So now Heroes Wear Capes. Yeah. Hey, somebody's got to do it, folks. I'm out there ranking samurai movies for your pleasure. Um, so yeah, that was, that was fun. Uh, but I'm also ready to start mixing it up again. Cause I'm the type of guy who I don't like to kind of force myself into a box despite this little mini challenge. I threw at myself. I like to mix up genres and, and just check out all kinds of different things. And as much as I love samurai movies, um, Sometimes there were times where I just didn't feel like watching one, but I wanted to power through and get as many done as possible. And I think out of those 41, I've probably, I'd say 30 of them were like new to me. Like I haven't seen hmm. them before. So I've, I've, they were mostly new, new films to me. Um, nice. Beyond that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just saying nice. That that's that's yeah. actually that's it. I I I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm surprised. I, not it's not a, a nothing. I'm I'm not surprised that you do it because I know you're very committed to this. But it's mm. the fact that we're in August and I actually done August in less than like, like 48 hours, um, and still sticking with it. That that's pretty awesome. So I'm, I'm glad that you're thank you experiencing experiencing uh, as a Little Mermaid would put it a whole new world. 
Yeah, that it is. Uh, it's I, funny that you say that about August because, like, our last episode was Ninja Turtles, which released, what, at the beginning of this month? As we record this, this is August 30th. And it's wild to me because that feels like it was a year ago <laughs> and it's only mm. been a month. Uh, it just time has no. I think it, I think place. to be fair, I think it was end of July, but I don't think it was very uh, okay. far away. One yeah. thing I was going to say, Greg, do you have a list on your letterbox uh, for all your samurai movies and have them ranked uh, appropriately in that list? Or are you so not doing life right? I, I did. <laughs> I did misspeak in that. I didn't rank all of them. I um I only ranked the Zatoichi movies, which I watched twenty five of. There's there's a twenty sixth one, but it's unrelated to this series of twenty five, the original ones. Uh, so I ranked all twenty five of those. The other remaining um, sixteen movies I did not rank, but I did tag them all with Summer of Samurai, like all all of the samurai movies. So if you go to one of those films and check my review, you can just right. click the tag and it'll bring them all up. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, kind of echoing what Hans was saying, we're, we're in the, and, and you, Harry, we're in kind of like the doldrums of uh, the movie going season. Summer blockbusters are now a thing of the past and we're kind of in those late summer, early fall dumping ground areas uh, yeah. lots of genre films there are a few movies coming up that i'm excited for well maybe excited stretching it <laughs> but i mean there's there's some stuff looking that i'll, I'll still looking go out forward to the movies to. sure sure uh no, nothing huge i don't think until like november not not a, like a joke question are you guys any of you guys interested in um this new saul movie no Dude, okay. so I I only watched like the first three Saw movies, and when the third one rolled around and I saw it, I'm like, that, that's it, I'm I'm out on this. And then okay. I did watch Spiral earlier this year because it was streaming, and it's like, ah, it's a side story, and it's got Chris Rock. Maybe it'll be interesting. I remember like the marketing materials had a much different look, so I'm like, all right, let me check this out. Crap. So, yeah. not going to see the new Saw movie. I, I wish I could say, let's just leave this franchise in the past, but the fact is, they're cheaply made, and they make a ton of money still, I guess, kind of like Paranormal Activity. So, as long as that's happening, they're still going to churn and burn, baby. Uh, yeah. I just, because we were talking about, like, not time, I mean, time, there's no time travel in Saw, but there is a lot of time, uh, it changes time a lot, and throughout one through however many there are, and apparently this one yeah. takes place now between two and three, or one and two. I don't yeah. know which one. So I'm really excited to see all the people freak out about that. Dude, when you start getting into that, where it's like, oh, yeah, but this one, it takes place between that and that, and then there's this one, but then it it just it becomes too much. Like, Fast and Furious oh. is, like, flirting with that, so and it's like, like, just stop. You mean, like, the MCU is what you're referring to? Sure. Yeah, yeah, but like how many Marvel, movies in even, the MCU are like that? Ms. Marvel's the only one I can Marvel. think of. Captain Marvel well, did that. I mean, or like yeah, that yeah, to like, yeah. Well, I mean, you could look at something. I mean, I know you guys didn't watch it, but uh, see, uh, Secret Invasion, uh, I guess you could say, where does this, where do, where do things jump into it? Um, 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. No, I hear you. I mean, listen, we're, you know, how much homework you probably have to do. I mean, I guess you might just have to watch two movies, but like to go into this movie and be like, oh, there's another Saul movie. And then for it to start and be like, wait, what is this about? It's about one of the other two or in between. So yeah, I have no like, I'm, not, I'm not a horror guy either. So as I've stated, I'm not going to waste my time Googling it, but like I swore the main dude uh, that, that Tobin, Tobin Bell, Bell plays died in like part five or whatever. And this no, is what, he part dies 10? in part three. All right. And seven then, movies later and we're still rocking with him. Like, come that's on, because bro. he's going to wear a backwards back. hat. You got to wear a backwards back. hat that make him look younger. Yeah. Sure. Like he does in, like, Earl, in yeah, like one he, of them. And Chris Rock oh, does this is spiral. This is this is Saw's twin brother, Raw. Like, oh man, come on, <laughs> nah, just man. stop. You know it's stupid stuff like that. He's I guarantee, still, dude. He's still alive between two and three, or whatever one that this takes place in. So. I know, I know. I'm, you know, I'm. Just, I'm sure I can't it's... wait to see him de-aged. Yeah. Oh my god, he looked old in the first one. <laughs> They're gonna de-age him. They're gonna have teenage Tobin Bell. Can't he we? looked like he was. He looked um, like he was seventy, and his wife looked like she was like thirty-eight. And it just, uh, yeah. I mean, love is love. And that's the, that's gonna be the motto of today. <laughs> love is love. There we go. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. So that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, but I think that means it's time. You know what time it is, folks. Oh, oh that's right. It's time. It's time for the news. We have our roving reporter, man on the street, Chris Hanratty, coming at you with all the hot goss. What's good, my guy? Let's take it to him. Chris Hanratty, man on the street. I thought you were going to say hot Goslin. <laughs> yeah, hot so Goslin. Hot. Sure. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Greg. Um, all right. As, as a roving reporter, a lot, it's been kind of a slow news couple weeks. Uh, these, these actors and writers got to get off strike. So come on, people, pay them. Pay them. I need stuff to talk about. <laughs> Uh, you know, I can't keep talking about Blue Beetle and Gran Turismo. And on that mm. note, uh, we're going to go over the weekend box office um, in number one. Uh, and, and, and I apologize for everyone here, but I have to do it. Gran Turismo sped past Barbie hey. for first place and won the race. <laughs> uh, with $17.4 million, uh, Barbie came in second place with 15.1. And our favorite movie, Blue Beetle. Came in at third place at twelve point two. Um, I don't really have much to say about two of these movies. We've talked about you know ad nauseum about Barbie and and you know how it's still killing it. Uh, I'm just gonna. I I think one of us on on this podcast has seen both of these movies of Gran Turismo yeah. and Blue Beetle. They have been a running joke. Um, you know, Gran Turismo is based on a true story that racing does exist. Apparently, that like someone did this where they they played. <laughs> And they got, became a, a famous driver, and Blue Beetle's based on some DC superhero. Um, that's all I know. Also, also a true story. <laughs> also yeah. a true story, and it's got the uh, it's got the kid from Karate Kid in it, or I'm sorry, Cobra Kai. Um, so I, I'm sorry, Ralph Macchio's the Blue Beetle. Ralph Macchio's the Blue Beetle. His villain <laughs> is um, <laughs> is Crease. I, I, that actually probably would make me run out to see it. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I've played Gran Turismo for um, probably the last four or five games, but uh, I just, I, I I feel bad saying it. I don't really have a desire to see this movie, but I don't believe, Papa, you have not seen either of these two? 
No, you know, I, I watched the sci-fi version, uh, kind of good Turismo, and that was it. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> just shaking his head. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't seen either of these. Real quick. Uh, so great. I do want to see both, but low priority and Blue Beetle. I'm kind of um, mixed opinion on. Like, I, I want it to succeed partially because I really like Jolo Maraduena, the uh, the lead plays Jaime uh, as you mentioned from Cobra Kai but I kind of don't want it to succeed because it didn't look like a full effort was put into the movie and I it's still unclear whether this is like last vestiges of the Snyderverse or part of the new one or kind of both because James Gunn has kind of said both things so I don't know I don't know I just it's it's whatever yeah, so as the only member of the the pod who's seen both of these movies, uh, what did you say, number one and number three in the box office rankings, um, I can sit here and say that both of these are solid movies. Um, now, as Greg had mentioned, is this run out to the theater and go see it? I, you know, I would debate it based off of your preference. If if you're in racing or you know car racing or even video games, I think there's something to be said about um gran turismo uh same with blue beetle if, if you're into comic book movies um you know i'll just go ahead right off the bat um the incredible hulk thor the dark world ant-man and the wasp eternals black widow iron man 3 thor captain marvel ant-man and the wasp quantumania iron man 2 guardians of the galaxy volume 2 spider-man from home if you've seen any of those uh they're just as good if not worse than blue beetle um uh, the hate needs to on stop. Some of that. Okay, that's fine. I mean, listen, those are my rankings, my personal rankings. With my professional so... opinion where I haven't seen Blue Beetle. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> uh, both movies surprisingly have a lot of heart. Blue Beetle uh, especially has uh, the family at the core, and it definitely stands out. Uh, so I would uh, counter you, Greg, in telling you, yeah, you should see it and you should want it to succeed because I think it's actually surprisingly a lot of fun and actually a good time. Uh, and I've had multiple conversations with people who've seen Blue Beetle, uh, maybe two, um, and they have both agreed with me uh, that it was a good time. Uh, Gran Turismo, I'd rank a little bit lower, but again, I think it really just depends on your preference. Uh, you know, I saw an IMAX. Um, actually, I think I saw both an IMAX, and, uh, you know, that's the way to go, obviously, if you can do it. Uh, but with, you know, I mean, watching a racing movie in IMAX is always, I think, uh, a help of a notch above kind of like watching a horror movie in, in, uh, in Dolby, um, you know, with having that sound kind of being all around you, uh, with the creaking of the floors and stuff. So, uh, yeah, get out and go see him. Um, you know, Labor Day weekend's coming up, you know, plans get canceled or whatever you got to do. You know, I think it's worth heading to the cinema for a question about blue beetle. Uh, yeah. and we, we haven't actually talked about this, but George Lopez, how was he in it? Because it feels um, like just based off of the trailers yeah. that like, his character could either be really good or really annoying. Um, I didn't feel the annoyingness at all. Um, I guess you could see that. I listen, are both of these movies, you know, going to win Oscars for, or get nominated for screenplay? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, are they going to get, you know, uh, you know, any awards for writing? I don't, you know, the, to each their own with that. Um, I didn't think they were as, you know, there, there are moments just like any, like I mentioned with some of those other superhero movies. Uh, but I felt like George Lopez's character was really well used. 
Um, you know, there's a point in the movie where he doesn't really have too much, uh, you know, he's not overwhelming and then he kind of gets his moments to shine. I feel, uh, at some point in the movie as well. So, uh, and I, I, a lot of people have been raving about him in it. I was never really a, a George Lopez guy. I know there's a generation of kids, not, I shouldn't say kids of people, uh, who, you know, went to bed with the TV on only to hear the George Lopez song playing. I know it's a big TikTok thing or, uh, as well. So, um, you know, I know he's important for a lot of people and, uh, yeah, I think, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's a star studded performance and like the Renaissance as some people have claimed, but I think he's solid in it. I, you know, uh, he does a good job. So yeah, go see, go see blue beetle. And I can't wait till hands watches it on, on max. Uh, when I, when I don't remove his login. Um, and he actually Just... says that it'll be good. Yeah, it turns out that I, I don't know if I'm going to mercy watch this, but um, apparently uh, The Flash just got released on the Max. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm getting Can I say something drawn... to you right now? <laughs> yeah. If you watch The Flash before you watch Blue Beetle, you have no standards. Your standards are, are awful. Do That's not unfair, watch though, because The Flash no. is out now and Blue Beetle's out for another care. month or two. Don't care. I don't have, I don't don't have time care. to go don't to care. the theater to watch The Flash. I can watch, watch this. anything else. Literally watch anything else. <laughs> I can watch this. I can watch this doing literally anything. I can put this out on the background. Uh, I just and, and for you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put 100 percent focus on it. He's sitting in the shower. You can I can watch it when I go to shower. Sit, stay in the shower. Watch it. That's the way uh, the director I can't watch Blue Beetle in the shower. Just like, yeah, just like uh, Andy <laughs> hands hands getting <laughs> bullied into putting the flash on only as white noise. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm just saying. Like I did with with Blue Beetle. I, I yeah, it's out now. It's going to be on Max probably. I what's it? August now probably. I'd say November probably October too. No, October November. October, yeah. yeah, it took it's, the flash like 38 minutes to get on there. So maybe listen, uh, October is one month, bro. <laughs> It listen, is, Blue I know. Beatles, Blue Beetle's going to have another pretty successful weekend at the box office. It'll be in the top five. I, I You know what? I'll, I'll guarantee it by the next episode. Um, and then, you know, it's, it'll hang on. I think it's going to have a little bit of legs. I think people are going to be be out here for the Beetle. Yeah, I'm still going to watch so the Flash first. If you're in the box, I'm not, not going to go blue. out. Yeah. I'm not going to go watch, out and literally watch Blue Literally watch Beetle. anything else. <laughs> I beg of you, literally watch anything else. Did you watch The Flash? No, but literally, I there's one man in this world who I will take his word when it comes to movies that are on the fence and people don't know what to do, and his name is Tim Pinkerton. And <laughs> Bro, that on. man, that man, if he doesn't like a movie, he will like the most. I don't want to say the trashiest of movies, but he's a Meg guy. Um, so you know, depending on your feelings on the Meg. Uh, and listen, those movies make a ton of money and they're not great, but he enjoys them. The literally came out of the flash and said it was painful to watch. So go, go with God, I guess in this situation hands or, you know, whoever you, you know, whoever you look to. So, uh, best of luck. Spider-Man. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, great. Yeah. Uh, So we'll just, yeah, no, no, we'll just move on. Um, only other news that I have that just recently came out was, the uh, another big movie moved, which we were all I know all of us, at least uh, two of us were holding our breath really uh, with the news coming up. Dune I 2. am dead. <laughs> Dune 2 got delayed. Uh, it It's I we kind of had an idea it was coming. I think they said while the writer's strike was going or the, the strike was going on, they didn't want to release it. Um, it was originally supposed to come out at the end of October and now it's coming out in March, uh, March 15th to be exact. Uh, not last March 15th, it's March 2024, which is almost five, six months that we're not going to be able to see Dune. Whether or not it even sticks to that date, it hurts. 
Um, this, of course, is the sequel to Denis Villeneuve uh, Dune movie that came out a few years ago. Uh, I think Dune we one, all were... The Dune inning. The, the, the Dune 2 electric boogaloo. Um, but I, outside of that, we did get news that, you know, there's a possible of a third Dune movie, depending on how, how this one does. Um, I think now the, you look at the positives of, of extending Dune or extending the release date, and maybe it gives them a little more time to get some marketing out there and get some, get some of the actors involved with it. Um, now, you know, once the, the strike is over, but, uh, yeah, this hurts. Uh, I, Dune was probably my favorite movie of the year it was released, um, I was hyped. I hyped it up for a long time, and now I gotta wait a little longer to see it. So it, it's sad. Um, but I know, Harry. I know yeah, your man. thoughts. Talk You're to me. sad. Talk to me. Yeah, you're sad. Listen, um, I think it's gonna get moved again. Uh, so I wouldn't even plan to be able to see it in March. Uh, something that's really been bothering me recently. Uh, I was, and it's it's funny when uh, I heard the news that it was moving. I was literally having a, a text conversation with uh, shout out to my man JC, where he uh, he is he's COVID ridden at home, and he was looking for movie suggestions. And he said, "Should I watch Dune?" Uh, or the Flash? He, 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 no, well, he didn't say the Flash. Uh, should I watch Dune, or is it, <laughs> it going to get moved? Nineteen eighty four. He yeah. said, I'm COVID ridden. Should I go out to the movies and watch Blue Beetle instead of Flash? <laughs> yeah. So he he asked me if he should watch Dune or will it get moved? And I said, nah, man, watch Dune. It, it slaps. And he said, what if it gets moved? And I said, it's not getting moved. Don't worry about it. And literally I sent him a text 10 minutes later that there was a – on my drive home, there was a, there was a tweet alert that said uh, Dune was postponed. So, yeah, I have a feeling it's going to move again. Uh, I hope it gets a prime summer slot. I don't know what the summer table looks like right now. Um, there's also been a lot going on where I've talked to uh, fellow friends and they've kind of talked to me and said, man, Dune was was good, but it wasn't like all that. Uh, don't call or text me anymore. Um, yeah. You can consider this friendship over. Get the disowned uh, papers out. Yeah, Dune, Dune absolutely slaps. Go watch it again because uh, you got time because the other one's not coming out for a while. <laughs> Uh, give it another shot, and um, hey, maybe we'll get it released in IMAX as as a precursor, um, you know, to get us all excited again. But yeah, this is sad news. It's a sad day. Um, you know, we'll recover. You know, Killers of the Flower Moon will be out in IMAX. You know, the Marvels will be out for about a year in IMAX now. That's great. I'm really looking forward to that, so we can talk more MCU garbage on here. Uh, yeah, I'm just in a bad place. Um, so. You know, uh, I'm going to go to bed and, and cry tonight. So, Papa, I'll turn it over to you. Um, you your thoughts on, on the uh, the funeral that is Dune. Yeah, I mean, I'm not – look, I I love the movie. If you go back, I believe I rated it four stars. Papa um, was one of those friends that I that I referenced yeah. earlier, so don't call it. He was Papa. slash is, but yeah, I also – Get ready for the new podcast, Hands and Harry. I'm not <laughs> anywhere near the hype train that you guys are on. So, like, I didn't build my own personal sandbox and call it Arrakis and – start riding my cat around like a sandworm like like you fellas yeah, did that's your but, yeah, I, that's, I did that with i did that with my son snorting yeah. spice <laughs> he got a he got a crippling spice addiction you're now you're not living life right my dude i don't know what your problem yeah. is uh i am missing out on the zendaya fun though since uh, but uh yeah no i look 
it doesn't bother me that much. I think Dune is going to thrive wherever. Uh, look, I'm I'm more bummed that there isn't even a release date for Beyond the Spider Verse than I am, you know, Dune getting pushed back X months. Like, look, Dune's already done. It's coming out regardless. It's going to be great. Like, I'm not worried. If I have to wait a little longer, sure. Uh, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like. You know, give me give me that next spice hit, man. Um, so it is what it you is. You can be wrong. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. Like, sure. <laughs> That's just like hope, your uh, opinion, man. <laughs> I hope you and Arya uh, go enjoy Dune when she's in high school. Or sorry, uh, across the Spider-Verse in high school for her. So Beyond um, the Spider-Verse? Sure. Whatever it's called, we will. man. That will be, be on great. our 50th rewatch by that gonna point. It's going to get delayed. Yeah. It's going to get delayed um, 12 years. <laughs> yep, pretty much. But along the lines of the writers and actors strikes, I did speak with an industry insider recently. Oh. Uh, divulge my source. Ooh. But I asked, how are these strikes impacting the foreseeable future in terms of uh, the exhibition industry and that person said that if the strikes are resolved by like November everything should be gravy but beyond that it might just, yeah it might start looking a little funky so right. I don't know I just hope that everything does um, everything does get worked out uh, so across the board I, w- I will that's, say that's- uh Sorry, no, I will say one of the. Just please say yeah, Kevin Feige our best. Yeah, yeah, he was your inside source. <laughs> He's I, Paul off the sniper, Steph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Hans gave uh, gave you his number and told you to call. Um, I will say that this probably means Oppenheimer, in my opinion, will probably clean up a lot of the Be below the again. category categories uh, at the Oscars uh, without any Dune uh, elements in there. And, Probably yeah, at but we still, we still got time for Flower Moon and uh, Napoleon. Well, I think I think a lot of those will have the strength in either acting categories or director or best picture. But I think when we're talking sound design, like set overall. design, costume, like I think, yeah, I think Oppenheimer's mm. gonna. That, that's just my opinion, and Barbie will be in play too for definitely some awards. I just think. You know, uh, with the removal of Dune, you start looking at uh, some options where it's going to, uh, you know, probably be a softer season, uh, in my opinion. But I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see in a couple months. Yep. Uh, I have something. It, it, hands, do you have anything else for the news? I got nothing. I, I want to hear this. Okay. We, so please. one of the pieces of content I just recently watched was the Depp v. Heard docuseries on Netflix about the recent defamation trial um, against Amber Heard brought forth by one John Depp II and also Amber Heard's countersuit. Now, I'm not here to take any sides. In fact, my side is they both seem like bad people and I'm sure that um, both parties have done things wrong, but I will say, uh, there were a couple things that I took away from it. Number one, I'm absolutely disgusted with myself for watching that because I feel like it's kind of, I'm, I'm very much against that 
paparazzi and needing to know everything about a particular celebrity's life and, and all that stuff. Like, you know, they're people too. They have a job where they entertain people, but they're entitled to private lives and all of this stuff. And um, I don't, I don't know why I watched this. Well, actually, I, I had a recommendation or I saw a recommendation from a friend and I was like, hey, you know, let me give it a shot because also I didn't follow the trial closely. Like I saw some of the headlines as it was actually proceeding, but I'm like, maybe I missed something. Let me um, make myself aware of at least what was going on. So I watched it and ugh, I just felt so disgusted with myself afterwards. It's just, it's, it's a peek into people's lives. I don't need, and mm. I don't care enough about either of these individuals, despite whatever accomplishments or movies that they've been in that I've enjoyed, whatever. I just, I don't need that look into things. That's my first thought. My second thought is boy, Amber Heard really got a crappy end of the stick. Again, not not condoning or condemning or or saying she's guilty or innocent, whatever. But uh, and the results of the trial are are already out there. But in terms of online uh, vitriol, oh man, like people were sending her death threats and like we're gonna microwave your baby and all this stuff. You had all these online pundits who um, were just in Depp's corner where he could do no wrong. Everything was absolutely perfect in Depp world, but Amber Heard is the devil and all of this stuff. And, you know, again, maybe she is guilty. I'm not going to spoil the the results. You can watch or, or find out Google, whatever. But um, it's just like there's a level that people took it to that was very uncomfortable and it's disgusting. It's disgusting as a culture that uh, people went that far and that um, people were just actively rooting for someone who was likely abused at some point. Uh, it's just, it's weird. I don't get that. I don't get what the, the point is in reveling in someone's, misery or like needing to bring somebody down that bad especially when it's an actor you know <laughs> or an actress mm. uh and even like outside of the courtroom um they had all of these people uh and i think one time one person showed up in support of her but far and away it was all people there to support Deb as though he needs it there's people dressed up in Jack Sparrow costumes and stuff like you've got to be sick in the head. <laughs> we're, we're, you're going to a defamation trial for an actor who doesn't give a crap about you. Never going to know you or what you're about. And you go dressed up as one of his characters. Like I just I don't know. It's all of this stuff is just very mind boggling to me. And it, it's really kind of eye opening because every I mean not every once in a while we're, we're pretty much con confronted daily with how sick society can be. But I just, I watch this stuff and it's like, all right, number one, I'm contributing by watching this, but number two, uh, man, there are some deranged people out there. So anyway, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, you know, make your own judgments, but it, I just, I, I would not recommend watching it. Uh, you guys have any thoughts? 
my two cents, and I'm not going to watch this only because uh, us as a society, like we live in a society where we have a we have uh, something like we we have an obsession with celebrities and their lives, and whether or not it's ne- it's negative stuff like the trial. I'm gonna I got two examples really quick as you were talking about it. Was number one a couple weeks ago, um, a very famous musician by if you've heard of her, sorry if you're listening, Taylor Swift was uh you may have heard of her you may not have was in long beach island of all places well, long indie, beach island in lbi <laughs> she was in lbi for oh a wedding. yeah yes at uh i forget i think it was jack antonoff's wedding she went out for a rehearsal dinner word got out and people it was it looked like it looked like the eagles won the super bowl and it was broad street it was insane um i heard that, it was crowds for like a solid two to three blocks yes just to catch it was. a glimpse uh, a coworker of ours, I was talking to him um, uh, last week about it, and he had said that he was actually staying about two, three blocks away, and they ordered food. It took about 45 minutes to an hour just to go to the place and pick the food up. It was cold by the time they got it. It was only supposed to be ready in a half hour. So, and then the other example I have is, and this is maybe probably not the best example as I, you know, I'm about to say it, is a couple of years ago during COVID, I'm guilty of being obsessed with that storyline, and I'm using myself as an example, where we just love the downfall and love to see other people in misery and and whether to see people say, like, this is really a wacky show. This is someone who's probably at their lowest, and they are, you know, probably certifiably insane, but we just want more and more and more. And that's the same with, like, the, the, the Depp and Heard trial, where it just – it's it's a shame to see that a lot of people will they take sides and even if it's it doesn't have to be like celebrity related it could be sports teams related or something where you if you can have right now uh, the Atlanta Braves are absolutely owning the ML like hmm. the MLB right now they are on fire they're the best team in the league the Phillies are probably the hottest team in the league right now in terms of recent records and and stuff but god forbid if you're on opposing teams and you say something that, like, if you're a Phillies fan, you, you say not something a fan? About the, good about the Braves, it's, oh, you must not be a real Phillies fan, blah, blah, blah. Like, just, dude, like, it, it just, there's this infatuation with with famous people, celebrities, athletes, and it just drives me, it drives me insane. So I, I agree with you. Like, I, I would not want to watch that because as it was going on, yeah, there's some of the memes that came out with some of the stuff that happened in Amber Heard's bed and, and, you know the microwaving baby things, which I think is might be a reference to the Flash. <laughs> and oh, um, I know, uh, yeah. So it just, I, it's I've slowly grown out of that. And I don't know if Tiger King kind of changed it for me. I don't really care that much about the personal lives of of some of these these um, these actors, actresses, celebrities. It's it does it just doesn't affect me anymore. And maybe I'll make a comment here or there. But there's people that follow this religiously. That that and and will and don't even see the facts. It's I've seen all three, all five Pirates of the Caribbean movies. They're my favorite series. Johnny Depp must be in the right. Or I'm a big fan of Aquaman. I'm going to defend Amber Heard and and like it just that's where the mentality is. And it's just like a one sided. It's sick. It it's it's sick in some cases. So I agree with you where they were making threats to her and 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 you know we as we're we don't know the facts of everything that happened and we probably never will. I'm not, I'm not on that jury. I'm not on age. I'm not, I don't, I don't pretend to practice law. So maybe once or twice in my life, I've, I've tried to, but you know, and I should clarify too, because this is, 
a civil case and not criminal. I mean, obviously, the public has a right to know regarding criminal cases, but uh, but yeah, as a as a civil case, even if it has criminal elements in it, which you know there there were purportedly some, um, it just doesn't belong in the media. Yep, agree. Hair. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too many thoughts. I think you uh, you said a, uh, a lot of good things there, Greg, and you two hands in regards to it. I, I don't really have a desire to watch it. Um, I guess I'm I'm glad you did, so we don't have to. Uh, in regards it's like the to bullet, that, man. yeah, um, I wasn't really looking for uh, that. Wasn't on my bingo card for 2023 uh, for you watching that, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a sad, sad thing, you know, how we as a culture, you know, get obsessed with one side or the other, and you know, there's no gray area. Um, I try to live in the gray area all the time, um, trying to see both sides. So. Uh, the original gray yeah. man. I mean, I think I think with uh, you know a streaming service like Netflix too, I won't be surprised if there's more things like this that are pumped out quickly after they happen. Um, yeah. I am always more of a fan of spend the time, um, do the research, get all the information, let things breathe a little bit. You know, both of those people uh, will probably have a ton of life left to live, and there probably will be more stories to tell. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. Really, I've been dying to watch Picard ever since I got Paramount Plus. And my one thought over and over after I watched this was, I, I could have watched three Picard. episodes of Picard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't I watch yeah. Picard? <laughs> I could have went out to the theater, saw Blue Beetle too. Come on, man. Uh, Well, yeah, that's a little trickier, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hands, what do you got for us? So, God, I, I, here's the thing. I got a bone to pick with one of you guys. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. We're going to talk about a couple of movies later. One of you guys picked a two-hour movie. The other guys decided to pick a, a two-hour and 33-minute movie. Ooh. All the uh, difference in the world. <laughs> that's a long time. That is that is a very long time in very. movie world for me. I normally – I watched the movie last week. It was an hour and 28 minutes. It was amazing. But I watched a two-hour and 33-minute movie last night. As a parent, don't really have that much time. I got to use the late hours into the night past midnight normally. I'm sorry. I'd probably wake up. Uh, yeah, to, you know, her. I'm not going to say it was you, but it was you. <laughs> I woke up this morning. Normally, I'd feel pretty tired, get a little, you know, uh, not that much sleep. But our uh, our friends at Magic Mind, they have a little bit of a product that will help with some of that that grogginess they have in the morning, that stress. That when you wake up, you have that caffeine, and some people have that six or seven cups of coffee before they get the day going. Magic Mind doesn't make you do that. So I usually wake up, I have my Starbucks in the morning, then I've uh, actually introduced Magic Mind that'll help get all that grogginess out, that stress of having to deal with uh, deal with the day going on because Harry picks these longest movies, these longest movies. Why does Magic Mind do that? They have a couple main ingredients, matcha, which is actually delayed, uh, basically delays the caffeine release, which will relay or reduce some of the stress that comes with caffeine uh, that you would normally get from a coffee that will, you know, have espresso that'll hit you right away. Magic Mind helps with some of that. Uh, also has uh, cordyceps in it. Don't get, don't stop. Don't. I know you're probably thinking of The Last of Us. A lot of us are afraid that that's probably going to become a reality. Not those kind of cordyceps. Uh, these are cordyceps. They uh, they actually help build the immune system. Um, so they're the good ones, not the ones you have to worry about in case uh, a video game comes to life. 
So don't worry about that. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I, I started taking this a few weeks ago once we, they, you know, they, uh, started sponsoring our show and it's helped a lot. Um, but probably wondering where you can get this. We have a little bit of information for you. Sign in to go. I'm sign in. I'm sorry. Go to www.magicmind slash Papa Spice. Uh, code you enter hot H O T two zero hot 20. Put that in. You get two options. You get 20% off your first purchase or 56% off your first subscription. So both great deals. Uh, again, this helps if you, if you deal with just the day, just some of the, the daily struggles of stress, anxiety, just feeling just, you, you know, you wake up and you, you're at 10 o'clock AM and you just can't get through the day. This will help a lot. Um, I know we've, all three of us have used it. It's a fantastic product and our friends at Magic Mind, they, uh, you know, have created something that that's, you know, going to help us out moving forward. Suggest you check it out. But again, www.magicmind slash Papa Spice, enter code HOT20, H-O-T-20. Two zero, and then get your twenty percent off your first pro- first purchase. Fifty fifty six percent off your first subscription. Love it, uh, yeah, guys. I absolutely stand behind this product. Magic Mind is magical. MagicMind.com slash Papa Spice code hot twenty, and we'll see you there. All Love right, Magic Mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, okay, so we're going to move on to our main topic. And once again, it is time for Never Have I Ever Seen. And our good old buddy, old pal, Hans, was in the hot seat this time. Uh, I'm sure you guys have already seen our movie choices because I included it in the, <laughs> the episode title. But Hans, why don't you go ahead and remind our uh any of our friends that might have short-term memory loss what those pictures were that we chose for you hopefully first, they're uh you're gonna hope- take off the mute button whoopsie <laughs> sorry hopefully, about that hopefully they're using a uh, magic mind to to help with uh yeah <laughs> the struggle of remembering yeah yeah I, I i just had the struggle of remembering to unmute my mic so <laughs> yeah um, so if you're not looking at your phone right now, then we picked two movies. I, I, Greg had picked Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992, which is that the, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there, that two hour movie that we were just talking about. And Harry yep. picked, um, the knee villain waves, as we just mentioned, Dune's prisoners from 2013. Uh, yeah. So both very, uh, very, I wouldn't say different movies, different times. Um, it's, uh. Yeah, well, hold, on. Gonna... I'm, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm offended because you threw Denise's name in there for Prisoners, but you didn't say who directed Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's actually also a, a very well-known top-tier director. Sorry, Francis Ford Coppola. Thank you. Had directed. Okay. Oh, sorry, for all you me. confused, Bram Stoker did not direct <laughs> this movie. It was Francis Ford Coppola. Right. Apologies. Francis sorry. Ford Coppola's. Bram Stoker's yeah, Dracula. Yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> it flows. It's nice. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I apologize for that, Greg. Um, but yeah, we're going to start off with uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, a couple things about this. I don't even know where to start with this movie. This was um, – mm. this is a – this is what, this is a movie based on the, the story of Dracula um, starring Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Keanu Reeves. 
Anthony Hopkins, who for a couple for a little bit I didn't even realize was Anthony Hopkins. I thought it was Marlon Brando. Um, yeah, and uh, even Carrie Elway shows up for a little bit, um, which Beautiful. I didn't know. These people, I, well, I knew like the main the main hitters were in it, but I didn't honestly didn't know Anthony Hopkins was was going to be in this. Um, surprisingly, I've never seen this. Now I'm not a I mentioned this before. I'm not into the horror genre. I wouldn't really classify this necessarily as horror. I there are some there are horror elements, but I don't. I, after watching it, I wouldn't say this is a scary movie. Um, it is. It's, it's a quite a romantic movie. Uh, there there is some some heavy romance in this movie. Um, it starts off, you know, the, the story of Dracula, who is a, a great warrior prince, and he uh, goes to battle one day, uh, and by viciously impaling everyone which a, a very opens with a on behalf of the church so it was all good yeah of course so he did it in, in god's name so that was that was good yeah. impaled just a whole group of people and uh, as he's in battle a word gets out that he is which is falsely uh given to his wife girlfriend lover uh romantic wife. interest uh winona Ryder, um elizabetta uh, she uh, finds yes. out that he died when he did not, and she decides to kill herself. And Dracula goes absolutely bananas, throws a a a a, a fit that my three year old or four year old son would be proud of, and stabs the 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 cross and just basically curses God's name and becomes a vampire as as you know tells all his time, uh, and you know he he lives. Lives hundreds of years in in Transylvania, uh, for centuries. For centuries, I'm sorry. Yeah, and and he's just living alone in this. Well, not alone. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but he's just basically has this curse of this vampiric curse on him. Um, and he is living in sadness because Elisabetta. That's how I'm just gonna say because that's how he pronounces it. Um, you're making him sound Italian. I know, (laughs) Elisabetta. Elizabetta. Um, Elizabetta. <laughs> um, he's not Italian. But, uh, yeah, you know, then it cuts a couple centuries later to London where we get Keanu Reeves, who Keanu Reeves, uh, he, he, he did this amazing thing where he took his, his accent from Bill and Ted and he gave it a, a British accent. And it sounds, it's, 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 it's probably the worst British accent I've ever heard in my life. Uh, mm. outside of like the one Paul Rudd does in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, so he goes to, he's, uh, uh, and I'm sorry if I, if I didn't pick this up. He's basically a real estate agent or re- does, he works with real estate and is closing a deal with Dracula as most real estate agents do. They, they close deals with, uh, with counts, uh, vampire counts. Um, and Dracula finds out that, uh, that his love was reincarnated uh, looking just like Winona Ryder again in the future. Um, who's but one problem? She's the love interest of Keanu. Keanu Reeves. Dun 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 dun. dun. And uh, you know, we'll jump a little bit into the movie, but Dracula finds this out. He's not. He's 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 gets some plans, and uh, yeah. So basically, he travels to London to try and make her remember who she is, and you know why she, you know, the love that they had. Um, we're introduced to some interesting characters in this movie, uh, who, um, of recent fame, Renfield, uh, of recent movie fame that just came out, um, who's basically, basically, 
uh, strapped up in an 1800s version of Arkham Asylum. Um, <laughs> and uh, who else do we have? We have uh, we have Van Helsing, who's played by uh, Marlon Brando slash Anthony Hopkins, depending on uh, what you think. I thought it was Brando for the first couple minutes, and then I went on IMDb. Um, but yeah, he's you know he plays the the doctor who's who's famously uh, hunts down Dracula and is is an expert at killing vampires. Um, one thing I will say about this movie is it is not what I expected. Uh, I was expecting kind of that that horror element. There are some in here, like I said, but I was not expecting this was a very a very heavy on the romantic aspect of Dracula's life and Dracula's desires. And when and every character's desires to be to I'm just gonna say every character's um, most intimate desires. There's a, this is a pretty graphic movie. I don't know how to describe this. Um, there are there are a few scenes in here where I, I didn't um, I didn't expect them. There is a scene where Dracula turns into a werewolf, and it just you get something that you get a scene that really came so far out of left field that I, I I had to pause to make sure I was watching the nice. right version of this movie. And um, now Chris's son, Finn, who was in the room, can never yeah. sleep again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I explained werewolves to him before, but not like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, it's it's a story that I know that, that Dracula has been told many over many iterations. I know we've had like Nosferatu, uh, Blade, I'll, I'll throw Blade and Blade Trinity because that does have Blade the story Trinity. of Dracula. You got the Hammer um, films. Forgetting yep. Sarah Marshall touches on Dracula a little bit with a puppet musical. Um, that's an example. I'm just saying. Um, sure. Sure. Yeah. Monster Squad. <laughs> you name it. We've heard. We've seen so many different variations of Dracula, but not like Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker makes you think about this movie and think about some of the scenes long after you watched it, and. It's I, I don't I, I wish I could describe this movie better. Um I I didn't hate it. Um uh, but we'll jump into some of the details. But those are just my initial thoughts with it. Now I know Greg, you had suggested it, so you've seen this before. Harry, yeah. have you have you seen this before? No, I haven't. Okay. What 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 are your, some of your initial thoughts when you watch this? You don't know, no, I actually pause this. Pause, uh, pause, yeah. uh, no. Yeah, go with your initial thoughts because I have a follow-up question that's that's more for Papa. Um, okay, but yeah, sure, go ahead. yeah, um, definitely very '90s. Uh, there's there's a lot of movies in the '90s that I feel, especially when you talk about how intimate the movie tries to be. Uh, I mean, we're talking also kind of with set designs, costuming. You know, I'm feeling you know not that they're similar movies, but you know, Shakespeare and Love. Um, you know, I think Age of Innocence is in the nineties. I might be might be wrong. Um, but I'm I'm just getting a lot of vibes of, you know, your classic Hollywood kind of movies. You know, when you kind of talked about it being in, you know, kind of a horror genre movie, I look at this as a big Hollywood spectacle. Um, that's what I felt. And I gotta be honest, I didn't know uh my man Francis was uh was rocking the directorial uh amazement out of this. Uh, but literally, I will say 10 minutes in, I'm pausing that baby and I looked up the director and I said, my man Francis is coming for it. Um, <laughs> he had some he had some amazing freaking shots, some transitions. 
you know, uh, definitely a ton of stylish filmmaking. If you're into that, there's a lot here for it. Um, I will say, I will say this. I enjoy the, let's see, it's about two hours. I enjoy the hour last hour and a half more than I enjoyed the first half an hour. Um, cause I kind of feel the movie definitely struggles with some more kind of telling instead of showing, um, which I don't think is a bad thing, but I think for some people, uh, mainly my wife, uh, it's, it looks at as a stupidity, uh, so, but yeah, she I watched was, this uh, with you. Uh, I will say she was on the phone uh, while the movie played, and she glanced up and said, "This is dumb." You let them know. I think this is dumb. So I was, uh, I was gonna say, did she ask, "What are you watching?" Yeah, she said, so, "What is this?" I, on that note, and and with that too, I, I you you both know Catherine. This is not up her alley at all, at all. No, yeah. Uh, so a scene I was just talking about a couple minutes ago when I paused it and had to make sure what I was watching. I actually was watching it in the same room as her on on um on my MacBook, and I flipped it and I said, "Look at this!" And she was like, "Why are you watching that? What is that for?" And I had to explain to her what happened. Yeah, yeah, you had yeah. To there's make good from last episode. Yeah, I, I had will, to. I... It was more of a stuttering, like no, 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 I, I, no, no. I, I swear, I swear to God, it, it wasn't, it's not what you think. Oh, oh no. no, no. <laughs> I will say uh, another another just initial reaction. It was really happy to have subtitles. Um, I can't imagine seeing this in a movie theater uh, back in '92. Uh, I mean, listen. Hopefully, the sound was still good, but geez, Louise. Um, I will say it makes really good use of the sound and uh, the a lot of the sound effects, which I think Ann Reddy has hinted at. Um, you know, it's not all dialogue, folks. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't, you can you can throw your uh, your question to Greg because I am. Uh, you know, sometimes before we nominate these movies for each other, we kind of, you know, sometimes have little discussions about why. Um, but, you know, I always like to try to save for the pod. So in this case, I don't know why Greg chose this movie. I mean, other than I know he's a he's he's a drackhead. Um, can, so can I have the honor? Has an can I have yeah, the honor of asking a question? Papa, why did you select this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee the answer is probably much more banal than you think. Uh, I chose this movie because spooky season is upon us now that summer is over. And this was one of my go-tos that I watch every year. We're still you in guys August, both said dude. you hadn't seen it. And I figured if nothing else, the allure of both the cast and Francis Ford Coppola directing uh, you guys would be agreeable to. Oh, so. can I also mention really quick? My man, my man Hanson mentioned mentioned Richard E. Grant, Billy Campbell of uh, Rocketeer fame as uh, the star of the Rocketeer. Tom Waits. That w- wait a minute, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that was that was my man Quincy. Pour one out for my man Quincy. He played Quincy. <laughs> oh man, I love the Rocketeer too. I miss that. Name. Yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, listen, it's uh, it's a I wouldn't say a, a hugely lit movie. No, it's not. I mean, so, Carrie Elways and, and Quint, like a couple of people could could. I don't even know who it was. There's there's a scene yeah. I'm going to talk about later. Which I think was probably one of the funniest things I've seen in a movie in a long time. Um, I didn't know who the character was that yeah, it happened to. Probably I will say when Homewood, Quincy, and uh, what's his face, um, Doctor Jack are running around. I got to be honest. You could have told me and said paused it and said who is that, and I would say it's one of the three of those guys um, during some of the scenes, which I don't think is a bad thing. But I it just goes to show how, this. like, even just those three guys kind of get mixed in together there. Yep. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. So, Papa, thank you. Uh, I, I'm not going to say this was a very interesting choice because, um, like I said, I haven't seen it. And this is a very popular movie that's been around for where we at 30 years now. Holy um, cow. I know. Uh, I actually have seen part of this movie. I Looking back, there was one scene that for some reason stuck in my mind and I knew it was it was more like uh, not Mandela effect, but I know I saw it somewhere was the scene where uh, Jonathan goes and crosses that fire gate. Or basic the the mm. fire gate or whatever it was, the gate of fire and it he just the carriage goes right through it. I knew that in my mind. I've seen that before and I don't know where and I don't I have no idea. And yeah, um, yeah, it right. turns out that I there we go. I found it. Now the, my life's complete. I, yeah. Now listen, I I will say this before before Greg jumps in with uh, his takes on uh, what he enjoyed. Or, you know, listen, I, I'm not going to say I side with you on this hands. I, I think as per usual, I'm somewhere in the middle uh, on this in regards to my feelings. But uh, I will say there was a lot with this, um, especially in the opening 30, as I mentioned, which uh, which I wasn't. It kind of had some Romeo and Juliet vibes to me. Uh, did you did you get that? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, the first you know, the, the first mo- opening scene is Romeo and Juliet because Ro- Juliet yeah. finds that thinks that you know Romeo's dead and then she kills herself and then he's not and then they all just end up killing each other and, and, and you know exactly. But exactly, uh, yeah. I, I kind of got that that that's definitely like Shakespearean vibe um, yeah. from that story. But yeah. yeah, I was I was vibing with the score though. I'm not gonna lie in regards to that. The score was the score is pretty sick um, um, for it. And uh, listen, my man Francis Ford, he was on one. Uh, I I gotta I gotta tell you throughout like there's there's definitely a stylistic choice with this, as I mentioned, with some of the the des- I guess I don't want to say designs of the movie, um, in regards to like the choices he made, but he makes some choices, and I'm actually for it. Some of it, I you know like like I said, it, it goes to kind of the the show don't tell in regards to it um but yeah that that's that might be the case there so all right i'm i'm just gonna go out and say something because i know it's probably gonna end up i'm probably gonna end up being um crucified for saying this um i'm like in terms of francis Ford coppola like i i i I can't (laughs) i can't really talk on his style because i don't think i've actually seen a lot of the movies that he's directed Uh, Uh you know as a film fan it's hard to say i've seen the i've seen the godfather but i've never seen godfather 2 and and i'm shunned for mm. that for you know whatever awesome um, those people but like i what are some other movies they did like, he did like lost in translation i believe right was that, was uh, that him? No, that was his daughter but that's good, right good Sophia. yeah okay yeah um i knew his name was attached to it, but like some of the director like some of the stuff I've, i i'm as i'm looking up as a director I've heard of them. I I, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen Apocalypse Now. I, I've never seen Godfather Two. The conversation. Um, nope. You never saw uh, that one either. No. Nope. As far as I know, the the, the only conversation yeah. I know is the one that me and you are having right now. Um, right. Yeah. So I oh oh I'm sorry. I I need. I just looked up a gem, which was Robin Williams Jack. Which, if you have not mm. seen that, that is not something you would think Francis Ford Coppola would direct. That is something that Adam Sandler or someone uh, from his crew would direct. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, Interesting. but yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, he's, he's definitely made some some choices uh, in regards to to that. Um, but 
I feel for me with uh, uh, sorry, what I was gonna say is I I would say this I haven't seen all of his movies in what what am I trying to say here I haven't seen all all of them in full like I've never seen the conversation I've seen Apocalypse Now I don't even know which cut I could tell you I've seen of it um so like there's that element to it uh but he definitely has a style and a sense with the camera like even though. I think I think you're probably listen. Spoiler alert! I think you're the one who's the most down on it. Um, but I also think that for me, there's definitely some stuff with that where, like, I just look at some of the design choices, and I mean, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it here. Um, this movie won some Oscars. Did that shock you? Did that even shock you that it was nominated for some Oscars? So that that was actually on my. I wanted to check of some like what what kind of Oscars are we talking about? Don't don't tell me this well, is nominated well, so for here's Best the thing. Here's the thing. I think when I mention what Oscars that it's nominated for, um, you will be so you won't be surprised by. So it won okay. for Best Costume Design. It won uh, for Best Effects slash Sound Effects Editing. Which I mean, I talked about. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of noises coming out of this movie. Um, it won for best makeup, uh, in regards to that, which I, I think is is a, is a good shout. Um, and then it was nominated for art direction and set decoration, which, you know, for me, like I said, this kind of has that old Hollywood feel to it for me. Even with some of the wide shots when it's showing his castle, even during some of like the the travel, you know, when they're when they're trying to find Dracula, um, in regards to that, like, I don't think any of that, like, I was surprised it was nominated. And, and again, Jill was pretty surprised by it too. But um, listen, I think me and Hans have, have rambled on enough in regards to it. You know, Ford Papa, we've, we've talked about, you know, uh, the, the history of Francis Ford Coppola. We've talked about the Oscar wins here. You know, we even focused a little bit more on the, on the beginning. You know, you've talked about why you chose this movie, but, you know, I think, as I mentioned, hands is the lowest on it. So for you, what do you think is, you know, the the key points of this movie that stand out for you? Everything. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, let me just take it from the beginning. I love how unique uh, they made Vlad's armor. Something totally different. I mean, it's not really. Dope. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, dude. It's not by any means historically accurate but it was cool looking it was very stylized yeah uh his origin in becoming a vampire like not something that to my knowledge is uh uh i guess similar to any other iteration of dracula but i absolutely loved it and oldman acted the hell out of that scene dude when yeah. he comes in and sees Elisabetta is uh, uh, surrounded in a, a pool, uh, having been fished out of the, the river depths. Uh, you know, he just loses it and starts cursing at the priests and forsaking God. And it's yeah. like, whoa, all right. Uh, yeah, so absolutely love that. Um, I will say Keanu, look, by far, Definitely, far and away, yeah. That is the weak point of this movie. He's the most wooden performance. Yeah. Like he's got a great look for Jonathan Harker, but 
man and and look not not taking anything away from keanu because i love him i love his movies seems like a genuinely good dude but this performance was bad um, wish he wish he could have made this like 10 years later wish he could have made it like 10 years yeah, later I mean, you know yeah, yeah for sure this movie like if 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 there was one thing i could change about this movie it would be his performance either like you said <laughs> getting him 10 years down the road or just flat out replacing him because the scenes he in he's in, I feel most of the time does take me out of it and, and drag mm-hmm. me down hands. You mentioned his uh, Cal- California accent from Bill and Ted mixing with uh, British. And yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty apropos, yeah. um, Statement. I'll even I'll even put like Winona Ryder's accent's a little questionable in this. Yeah, um, and and I feel like yeah. I, the, the accent. <laughs> all right, so I'll say Winona Ryder. Uh, Keanu Reeves is is far by the worst. It is it is really bad. But he was young. I don't even. Bill and Ted was like eighty eight, eighty nine, yeah. maybe. So he's just kind of building that. This is pre speed. So um, you know, he wasn't up to that. That that's the turning point. <laughs> Yeah, speed is when he real and point break is when he realized like I really need to learn how to act and work on my accents. Like I can only do Cal, I can only do movies that take place in California because that's all. Like I realistically sound like that. I um, I, w- I will say not only is it the the worst performance, but it's the worst decision making. I mean, when you're down in that basement with them brides, I mean, I don't think I'm leaving to be bro. That, that, yeah, true. <laughs> That man found the willpower. God only knows. And by the way, one of them was Monica Bellucci, who oh man, yeah. she's one of my all time yes. faves. It's, it's interesting to age. also it's interesting to also watch a movie like this that was made in ninety two, and I'm sure this happens for a lot of people. But like I, I, I reference this a lot of times when I watch like I want to say a De Niro movie, and it's like how did he be kind of come just this like. I don't want to say mob guy, but like known as like, hey, you know, uh, I'm part of the mob. And like with Monica, (laughs) I was going to do an accent and I I totally just decided to play it safe. Now, hey, it's me. I'm in the mob. Um, (laughs) It's me. I'm in the mob. Yeah. But like, Like, you know, I would say how we kind of typecast actors into certain roles of like, hey, De Niro has to be, you know, uh, the old grumpy man who has a, a you know, a possible dark past. Um, and it's interesting to see some of these actors and how they kind of go on with their career to do other stuff. And it's like, why would why would Gary Oldman do in, you know, the mid 2000s, a movie that involves vampires or, you know, something like that. And it's like or, you know, the dark underworld. And it's like, oh, well, because in 92 he was making, you know, Dracula. And, you know, you mentioned Monica uh, Bellucci. Um, mm. And that kind of like, cause I, you know, the only thing I, I, I know she's in the, I think the underworld movies or maybe it's, mm. uh, she's, she's in, in like the matrix, the, the matrix, she's all, too, yeah, she's so in the yeah. matrix reload it. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of just, you know, you, you see these people in these roles and you're kind of like, Oh, it makes sense, you know, based off of the genre type of movie that you were in, but maybe that's me, you know, just me on that, but that's the way I feel. Uh, and oh. not to be sacrilegious, but <laughs> She also played Mary, Jesus's mother, in uh, The Passion. Oh, shoot. <laughs> she was probably the best-looking Mary I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she went, she wow. was. She did this, and then she did, like, this, and then, uh, like, two very religious-toned movies. One, opposite yeah. of the spectrum, but. Yeah. 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 Uh, heaven and hell, baby. Um, yeah, so Keanu definitely leave that. Low point. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, dude, this this movie's just it's such a vibe. You know, you have Harker traveling to uh the Count's castle and you've got that great scene where uh you know the the gypsy coach won't go any further, so he kind of yeah. kicks him off yeah. and then Drax coachman pulls up and you there's you know more shot of the arm yeah and it's at like what point did he was he just like i probably shouldn't get in this like if that man reached out <laughs> and grabbed me i would be gone dude yeah that's when you know you're too committed to your job because he was just <laughs> like nah i gotta close this deal bro doesn't matter yeah, how get, spooky <laughs> get those long twig finger fingers away from me like <laughs> Capitalism uh, rears its ugly head again. You know what I mean? Jeez, Louise. Yeah, well, like yes. Gotta, gotta close that deal. But uh, but yeah, no. Um, so kind of going forward to Dracula's Castle, man, Gary Oldman, and it kind of surprised me that you you didn't like this first half hour, Harry, because I think Gary Oldman's best work in this is. I first of all, I love his performance throughout the movie, but yeah. him in the ancient Drac makeup and get up was just for me like top notch. I mean, he just, he played that as such a, like there, he is a demonic presence and everything he says, like you see the glint in it, in his eye and he's a predator basically lying in wait for this, this, uh, his prey, which is harder, you know? Um, I will say that I think that's part of the disconnect for me is I there was an element of like not knowing like okay am I do I know what Dracula does yes am I familiar with the lore of Dracula and I think this is like when you get a director like Francis Ford Coppola and like I I read some you know trivia or you know history of it like I think he had the entire cast like sit around for two days reading uh the the book um, in regards to this so like there's definitely some commitment to the bit which i think for me is a little bit where it's cool for you for me i don't want i don't know about for hands for me it was a little bit like i like opera-esque and for me like sometimes mm-hmm. that hits and sometimes you're familiar with that world and for me i was like i enjoyed more like when we got to the anthony hopkins part and he was kind of summarizing you know, what Dracula is, how he became to be, you know, and kind of the, the, the more into the world a little bit. And I kind of feel like that beginning part, but then again, that helps at the end connect the kind of beginning and what he was doing and, you know, stuff like that and how he looked, um, which they don't really go on to touch. And like, there was a part of me that was like, how does Dracula get young and old? And when does he look like a vampire and like a bat kind of thing? And there was, there was a little bit of, like just kind of just going with it in a way, which for me was tough. I don't know about for you, Hans. So I, I will. There, it, it seemed like two different characters from when he's in the castle, and it, they're very. Yeah, he seems like a sure. psychopath. He's he is. Um, that seemed like he is a psychopath. Um, he's been around the block, you know. He's getting tired. Been around for centuries, and I, I with his mate and how he looked in there, and I, I thought I, I want to go back just really quick on the accents. I will say that that. Oldman does a very over the top Transylvanian accent, and I think it kind of fits when he's when he's crazy Dracula. And it's it, it seems like I feel like Keanu's accent is just bad in general. I don't want to say Oldman's accent is bad, but I feel like he hams it up a lot, and it's similar and it's very 
How like, dare I, you? Whoa, I want to. <laughs> like, I think it's the best version oh. of that voice because, like, when you hear all people like count, I'm gonna. This is a terrible example, but like Count Chocula talk. He talks like whoa, like or like the Count from Sesame Street. They I all have it. that similar that similar tone. But I feel like this is the best. Bro, you are of driving it. a stake right through my heart. No, right I'm not. Now, I, I'm with not your saying words. that. It's, I'm not saying that it's. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, and I apologize. I don't want to say that it's bad, <laughs> but I just I feel like it's like very like he hams it up to a point where it works. If that makes sense, like I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. It just seems, I don't know. It seems, I think maybe you just think the accent's funny. Maybe. Here we go. <laughs> Here we. Sorry, I apologize. Me, week, apologize for any Transylvanian <laughs> listeners out there. Our this, Transylvanian and I'm Romanian get this friends. With. I'm gonna get this. All, um, you, all my werewolf bat turning into vampire friends. Um. Yeah, I didn't know. Realize, like I've seen old vi- like pictures of this and the cover of it. I thought his hair, as he like has it wrapped up and puts it up, I thought that was part of his head. And honestly, I didn't realize. I didn't oh, know that was Jesus. hair. I didn't know. I thought that was what his head looked like. Um, so I was, I was really happy. And Literally, a butt out. head. A butt head. <laughs> he had a heart head. His head looked like a heart. And um, butt head. Chris, <laughs> Chris, Chris Hanratty, who just admitted he's never been around any type of long hair or had long hair in his life. No, I, uh, I apologize. Sorry, let me get this one out of the way. I apologize to anyone with long hair. No, I'm um, just, you know, I, it's just, you Hands know, apology tour 2023. I dig it. <laughs> um, no, but I didn't know that. I, and again, I'm only basing this off of the cover of a like a, a, a DVD yeah, or right. whatever it's I gotcha. on. So sure. I didn't realize. So I'm glad to find out that it was actually hair. Um, but then when he transforms into young Dracula, it's like he's more of a romantic where he's, he's pretty like, you know, sly and he's like you know trying mm. to it's like sweet talking and he doesn't seem he seems more in to control an to an extent he yeah, seems yeah. more in control and less he seems more of a romantic where castle dracula is just trying to he's a, he's a nutso so so yes so here's the thing right like you're you're not wrong that this is two totally different characters but that's because you have Initial Dracula, uh, who we see in the very beginning in the prologue, and he loses his soulmate, the love of his life, and strikes out against God and becomes this cruel, evil, twisted being. I mean, he already had a capacity for cruelty, as we saw, um, but now he just becomes something else entirely, this this demon that is twisted and that does not know love for the next four centuries. And in fact, one of the brides even points that out, you who have never known love. And he's like, I loved once. Um, So yes, but then as we get into London, we see that transformation because all of a sudden his soulmate, uh, he, he finds living in the modern day, almost reincarnated. So yes, he, he's full of life and don't get me wrong. I mean, he's still, serial killer-esque and uh you know using control uh and and vicious means and everything but somewhat softened because he thinks he's got the love of his life back get over Um, but (laughs) but oldman's performance man and for that matter the dialogue which I'll, i'll touch on in one uh one minute but um oldman's performance across the movie I was shocked that this was not nominated for best actor. I mean, mm. am I out of left field? I know hands. You said you had some issues with being over the top. <laughs> Harry, could you see this getting a best actor nom? Cause I, I thought he was fantastic. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an element with it, as I mentioned, that, you know, is old Hollywood. Um, and he's definitely kind of your central performer uh, in this movie. So I there I wouldn't say there's a reason not to, um, or at least a nomination. I'm going to look up really quick uh, while Hans gives his opinion um, in regards to who were the nominees that year to see if we uh, can maybe make the case for Gary to be involved in uh, there. So I, 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 all right. I, I don't want to say I and I and I did say this. It's not a bad performance. I just thought like you know, Oldman Oldman is this is early in his I guess career where he's just starting to become more of a household name for. I don't I don't know what he really did before this. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the more famous movies that he's done and I tried to look it up, but I think this might have been his big intro into I guess American cinema. I almost I'm sorry I almost confused him with the. Uh, Hans Gruber from Die Hard because I know that was like his first role and he was like forty. No, because I thought Gold, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. Old, this I was Oldman's first movie, but I mixed it up with um yeah with uh, Alan Rickman. Um, I I I I could see that being uh, see him being nominated because it's not. I I think the silliness comes out with the the, the Castle Dracula, the old Dracula. I think it, it really shifts gears once he becomes young Dracula and he's in London. I think I, I I'm not taking anything away from his performance at all. I think he he does a great job with with yeah. what he's doing. Um, but like you said, he's playing two different characters essentially, and and I think that's tough. But Oldman started to become a he eventually becomes known as basically a chameleon with some of his some of his roles where you don't even realize it's him. And I think this is I didn't realize it was Gary. I knew he was in it and he was Dracula, but looking at when he's old Dracula, it's hard to tell. And oh, yeah, he's almost unrecognizable. Right. So I, I, I could definitely, I, I could see that, see him like making a case for him being yeah. nominated for best actor. Um, how did you find out who was so, nominated? Yeah, so here's, here's the case. Uh, you got Robert Downey Jr. Uh, for Chaplin, which I've never seen, but I mean, you're playing a historical figure. So <laughs> yeah, you got Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven. Uh, he won Best Director that year for that movie, and uh, I don't know if it won Best Picture. Uh, but anyway, um, you have Denzel Washington for Malcolm X. Um, okay. You have Al Pacino, who won for Son of a Woman, uh, which right. I... That's my yeah, Al Pacino I, impression, sorry. I think I think there's a case to be made for that one <laughs> from what I understand, because I've never seen Son of a Woman, that like he probably... That's not a makeup Oscar, but like his best work was before that. Um, and then right. the only one I'm unsure of and I couldn't make a case for is Stephen Ray for The Crying Game, uh, a movie I, I've never seen. So you could easily replace that with Gary Oldman. I mean, I guess it would have, you know, you would look at that and go, wow, Pacino, Downey, Eastwood, Oldman, you know, Denzel, like you're kind of looking at a stacked uh, stacked roster there. So. Yeah, I definitely there's a case, I think there's a case to be made uh, because it is the heartbeat of the movie. And I think what also works best for it. And this is another thing with I think with Francis Ford Coppola with like his movies, like even if you aren't familiar with them, there's definitely performances in it that, you know, stand out or, you know, I mean, you could even make a case for me for Anthony Hopkins showing up. I mean, I think he's a little bit more on the silly end, uh, but like. You know, and I, I think he's very one note um, in a way, but uh, you can make the case that he could have gotten a best supporting uh, actor nom as well. So um, Anthony you know, Hopkins in this for me 
is like Russell Crowe in The Pope's Exorcist. Yes, dude. Yes. Russell right? Crowe. I wrote that note down. Russell Crowe studied oh, did this you? movie. Oh, yes. 100%. There you go. He studied so, yeah. this movie and said, that's who I'm going to be for The Pope's Exorcism. It's Look, <laughs> the performance is entertaining. Doesn't mean it's great. Maybe it's a little silly, but you can't take your eyes off it, right? Yeah. So, I yeah, yeah. I totally get that. <laughs> um, I mentioned the dialogue, which I didn't look to see who um, who wrote the dialogue. I mean, obviously, you know, Bram Bram Stoker wrote the original Bram novel, Stoker. but yeah, come on, yeah, the title. <laughs> um, but I mean, some of the dialogue is just tremendous, along with the delivery. Um, classic line. Listen to them, the children of the night. What sweet music they make. Uh, fantastic line. And, and that was in the original Dracula film as well. I'm guessing it's in the novel. I, it's been years since I've read the novel. Um, I have crossed oceans of time to find you. Another stellar line. Uh, just absolutely gorgeous. And, and later on with Van Helsing, she lives beyond the grace of God. A wanderer in the outer darkness. She is vampire. Nosferatu. Lines like that, man, it's so it's so great. I, some of that stuff is totally genre Jeez. lines, but yeah. some of it is like um, seriously great writing and, and all across the board delivered effectively. Um, um, real quick on oh, a, just the fact check that or not fact check, but um, just a, a quick FYI. It was James V. Hart who had wrote the script for this, um, who nice. is known for Hook. Bram Stoker's Dracula, Muppet Treasure Island, uh, another Treasure Island Classics. movie, which I guess I was uh, he likes the he likes pirate movies, and uh, <laughs> Contact. Okay, all right, so yeah. hit or miss, yeah. Well, um, it all hits for me, but well, you know, that's another talk. <laughs> that's another speech. You guys had mentioned Renfield. Absolutely love uh, Renfield in this. Uh, Tom Waits, I think you had mentioned uh, her. Yeah. Um, a far, far cry from Nicholas Holt doing Kung Fu. <laughs> but uh, I I much prefer this lunatic version of Renfield, this um this poor soul, this this disaster, uh just waiting for the master to grant me in life. <laughs> yes, and, oh, a nice me. kitten. A nice yeah. kitten. <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's very it's very fantastical and uh hands you made a great point about um the asylum looking kind of like 1800s arkham asylum people uh, walking around with cages brutal. on their head i was like what, what <laughs> yeah. I, i'm like what is this supposed to be a hospital like what is this like is it <laughs> well i mean some of that stuff was legit for sanitariums of the time period um yeah so you know as far as being i guess um, I was accurate some I was of confused it sure. with the rules here because Renfield's in like some arm <laughs> arm constraint because he's a, a lunatic, yeah, so he can't hurt himself. Yeah. Meanwhile, or there's others. like people w- walking around with cage it like a, a box on their well, head, but like they're just not that's doing like anything. A helmet. It's like a helmet. Those were the guards. That's like a helmet. Yeah. So somebody can't just punch you. They're punching the the cage. Okay. Or likewise, people can't bite you. It's it's very outdated. Um. Well, they, all right, but yeah, no, fine. I okay. perfectly dated, perfectly dated for the nineteen or the late eighteen hundreds. Yes. But yeah, yes. now I was like, are they weird. crazy? Or are they like, what is happening here? But it's it just reminded me of like Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Great so Ren, Renfield, I loved the Oscar stuff we we talked about. I think it was uh, 
total miss for best actor for uh, Oldman, best art direction and set direction nom, perfect fit, best costume design, perfect fit, sound effects, all that stuff, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other miss I thought was the score. I thought the powerful score was powerful. Yeah, very good. Um, and the score was done by I'm probably going to butcher this name, but uh, Wachek Kilar. Uh, doesn't have a ton of stuff to his name or at least big stuff, but the two standouts were the Truman show and the pianist. I, I have not seen the pianist, but Truman show, I do recall having a really good score. So I don't know what happened to, uh, Mr. Kalar, but, um, he had some really great work and I, I felt it should have been recognized here for this film. Um, a couple other things and I'll pass it back to you guys. Harker in Drax Castle was, uh, it started off kind of creepy and it went on to a, a full on horror show, you know, uh, Dracula's illusions, uh, or illusions, I should say, when he's recounting his history during dinner and I don't drink wine, you know, things of that nature that you, you get a sense of foreboding, but then when you start seeing him crawling on the side of the castle and you have the bride's. And mirror shattering a, a vain bauble of, uh, or I'm sorry, a bauble of humanity's vanity or something along those lines. Like that stuff, it just, it becomes a full on horror show. Love that. Yeah. Drax's first tour of London. I love the way this was shot. It, it had a very old timey footage feel. Uh, and then it transitions once he sees Mina. So I love that. It, it all of a sudden becomes present day looking. Um, but I thought that was a really strong choice. Uh, first <laughs> Drax's first day in town starts picking up honeys and going to the movies. You love to see it. Ah, chef's kiss. <laughs> Great call. Guy knows what he wants out of life. <laughs> hey, look, he said, maybe he's, he's like, an A-list a, member. He's yeah. getting in free. I don't know. <laughs> he said, uh, there's so a my... new movie coming out called The Flash. Do you want to go watch it? <laughs> uh, great show. <laughs> love it. Love it. But uh, I thought that was just a funny little observation. Um, Seward. Uh, Seward is a creep for sure. Um, you know, he's getting high off his own supply with mm. morphine and the asylum. So it's kind of one of those where it's like <laughs> this guy's treating people. I don't know if he should be. Uh, two other quick notes. We see the wolf attack. The wolf. Uh, well, not really an attack, but it, it escapes. It breaks loose from the uh, I was about to say the jail, the zoo, and uh, Dracula shows his mastery over beasts when it uh, when it stops and he's he's petting it. And uh, I've actually been to a a habitat for wolves, and I really enjoyed it. Oh Shout yeah, I remember Helen. the I remember the photos. It almost looks like real when the for the stuffed ones, I guess. Yes, but they were yeah. real and live, not stuffed. Hollingwood's uh, oh. Farm in Jackson, New Jersey. Highly recommend it. You guys can go and pet a wolf. Uh, hands no kids, unfortunately, have to be over ten. Uh, don't want to be a chew toy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was uh, that was pretty cool. And the last thing I had before I pass it back to you guys for now is Young Harker, uh, Keanu Reeves with the gray hair is an absolute. I, uh, I re look, say what you will about the performance, but the style, mwah, you know, yeah. Keanu looking fine with that, uh, that drained <laughs> old man, gray hair. I don't know. He pulls it off. 
so that's my thoughts on the the initial part of the movie. But uh, Hans, this was your show, so take it away, my guy. All right, I have a couple things I want to bounce off a few things. Uh, yeah, uh, with Harker at the camp, at, at the uh, at the at the castle. Um, the first thing, yes, it's it's very when he's going through, and there's a lot of vampire uh, quips that Dracula says of drinking the wine. Um, I don't understand the rules of vampires in this movie of because apparently they the the brides, which I'll get to in one second. That scene, I just want to bring it up while it's on my mind is. How he basically Harker says they were drinking, like draining my blood to the point where I was just faint, but I wasn't being killed. But I guess when vampires bite you, you don't become one. No, only if you drink the vampire's blood. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Which is later on. Not that Van Helsing says that. Yeah, that's right. Right, Okay. He mentioned if they drank. Okay, gotcha. Um, So let's just jump a little bit around (laughs) there. Um, So we get the scene where. And I'm pretty sure this is a montage of when we're introduced to uh, the most recently released movie, uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter. Demeter. Mm-hmm. Demeter. Yeah, yeah. Demeter. Yeah. Demeter. So we get we get. I saw two movies at once. When I watched this, I kind of got a recap of what happened on the Demeter. <laughs> there you go. So I don't have to see a that. Much abbreviated out. version. Yep, I got it. I'm good now. Um, <laughs> then we also that montage was one of the craziest things I've ever seen because I didn't know it was happening because I think as the Demeter was coming over. Keanu Reeves is basically in an orgy with um, the – and I – I my mind stopped for a second because I did – this is when I go back and say like I didn't know what movie I was watching. And <laughs> yeah. I stopped. Dracula, like, this baby. Was, this was one of the scenes before the one I just talked about a minute ago where I was like, what is this? Like there's – and it just keeps going to quick cuts of Keanu with – these three brides of Dracula and, and they're having their way with him. Cause he can't, he can't get out of there. And it just, it was, this movie is, is, is very sexual um, with, with some of the scenes and they're not afraid to hide it. And, and even Look, when it's there was so- a, a storm of passion and a storm on the sea juxtaposed. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's what was happening. That didn't yeah. look like it. What, what, what happened to Keanu, poor Keanu, he was getting his blood drained. Never mind. Fine. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah. And it just, that that really that was a very um I, I guess graphic Should might be the right put, word of what I was not this is this is not PG thirteen. I think this is rated R. Um, uh, yeah, I, it's a hard R, think? my dude. It's yeah. a hard it's a hard R. Um, give it away. Was as, it as, the decapitation? Maybe? Of, yeah, it was, copious it was, amounts of blood <laughs> splashing across the sails on the Demeter. It was the wolf scene later. <laughs> Uh, that's where I said this might be uh, a hard R. Um, <laughs> this is a PG thirteen. Wait a minute. Wait, whoa! Uh, um, impalements so, happening in yeah, the first dude, seconds it, of the movie. It, that doesn't matter. They were they were shadow versions, but this is a different time. Like the nineties, this could this could pass for a PG movie or maybe PG thirteen. Bro, I'm just you know, on, that's the thought. I mean, uh, Code, you know, codes were up by then. I those think were that. the days. Um, and uh, <laughs> so it got, it, I just, I don't know. But, um, you know, the, the, that montage was something where I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is something. Um, another scene, uh, you know, when he's, when, you know, when he's petting the wolf and when he comes into London and he goes to the movies with, with, uh, with Mina, that scene really confused me because, I guess he put her in a trance and she's like, what are you doing? Like, who are you? And then she wakes up and she's like, I think I love this guy. Like, I, I really think I do. And then they get, <laughs> you know, it starts their little romance and 
it's just I, I feel like the the story of this was a. Li- I don't know if it's just me and I. I just was having trouble following it. I feel like it was a little bit all over the place for a little bit. Um, the wolf scene I thought was pretty cool. Um, you know whether or not they used they like I know I just thought it was it was cool because I honestly thought that wolf was going to eat everyone in that movie theater. I, yeah, I really I thought they were all they were all donezo. Um, another wolf scene that I just want to point out that I've referenced a few times that comes later in the movie. Um, there's a character in this movie that's rightfully named Lucy. Um, I'll let your imagination think why. Um, but she, um, she's a very, um, she has a, an interaction with Dracula and that's where I, I kind of wanted to turn the movie off and say, I think I'll get the the cliff notes or something later. Um, but it turns out it's a dream. It's Mina's best friend, Lucy, who, uh, turns into a vampire, gets bitten by Dracula. Like she drinks his blood and she's having like these dreams of Dracula. Um, I thought the scenes with her were very, I don't say (laughs) overdone, over the top, top. but they were probably the parts that, that, that stuck out where I'm like thinking of some of the, the highlights of the movie or not highlights, but I'm just like some of the scenes in the movie where I'm like, yep, that was, that was quite something. Um, but there's a scene like when she ends up, uh, like dying later. Um, (laughs) the other scene with the mention is when they're in the crypt and, that that i almost laughed during that scene because it was it was like kind of like scary at first and then they just like i don't know she said something or whatever i don't know and i'm and you know they're all confused and everything trying to figure out what's going on and then they still put a stake through her heart and then everything's fine and she's just dead but it wasn't a wooden stake that was a metal stake what's going on there what's going on there greg can you explain um i too was a little confused because it, okay. it did look metal to me. It but sounded like a I, clink I, I metal. It, like I don't know. It could have just it. I don't know. Maybe Plot maybe hole. it just looked metal, but it was actually wooden. Uh, but I do. I love that scene. I did not find it funny. I found it horrific I don't because know. she had a a midnight snack well, of a toddler. All right. So that part, <laughs> yes, I will say that like, it started off. But then I guess as they're like fighting her, or, like they like kind of wait. Like it, it it turns a little. It seems silly. I don't know, but. As she's walking down the steps with the child, yes, I will say that is because you know yeah. she's a dead. It's a, it's a, well, it's after that, we... it was like it was exorcism vibes, right? Yeah. Or yeah. exorcist because Van Helsing oh, basically and, gets her back he into throws the up on her. She throws up on him, right? Yeah, she yeah. does. She throws up blood, yeah. I believe, and then yeah, some uh, intense stuff there. that's when they do the deal with the stake and the beheading. I, I loved when they opened up the box and they're just like, what? where is she yeah van helsing told you bro there's (laughs) there's actually a couple uh what i like to call snow piercer uh moments in this movie uh if you know you know uh what tastes best so um you know for the vampires i guess it's the same way so uh in regards to that so like i said if you you know you know do you have to elaborate on that or no if you know you know go if you haven't seen snow piercer watch it Go uh, right, right, right. So. yes, it is a fantastic movie. Yeah, going back to that uh, kind of exorcism type shot, uh, there was definitely some moments in this movie that were very uh, like there's there's a lot of these like either set shots or you know I'm thinking about the kind of you know chasing at the end of the movie with the wagon and, and on horseback, um, which which I thought was pretty cool. Um, it, it, these these movies for me, um, and what I mean by these movies is. When you have a an art an artist and a director, you have great actors, 
and you have a movie that isn't maybe fitting your taste or, you know, if you want to call it either silly with the script or as Chris mentioned over the top in some moments, it's really hard because some of it looks so freaking good um, or so well designed. And you're like, yeah, I kind of, you know, whether, whether this is actually like, you know, making me question, why am I watching this? You're watching it and like, yeah, this is, this is freaking cool. What a shot. Um, you know, even as like the sun's rising and setting and the cut to all that during that chase scene that I referenced, uh, super cool. Um, there's that, uh, right before that, before, uh, Dracula, I guess, leaves London, there's that sick vampire look that he has where he's like gigantic and that's super dope. Uh, I thought that was cool. Those moments like make you like, as much as I feel like I was almost leaning sometimes towards handwriting, where where like, this is over the top. I'm, I might pick up my phone. I might check out a little bit. Like then I'd like look and be like, Oh, here comes like this camera shot or, you know, here's this transition from the sun to like the eye of something. And I'm like, this is sick. Um, so there was a lot of that stuff where I was like, this is pretty dope. Um, I found myself very much, uh, of two worlds with this movie. Well, and call me an elitist or a classicist or nostalgic, whatever you want to call me. Um, call me maybe. Uh, but like, I, I'm very much a, a fan of old school practical effects. Right. And so with that, that scene in the crypt where she, where Lucy crawls back into the casket, um, the way that it was done was very surrealistic looking or or I should say the end result was surrealistic because she kind of sped into that casket. And based on my knowledge of movies, what I think happened was I think they probably shot that that footage of her going into the casket. Probably it was her getting out of the casket and then they rewound the Rever foot. Yeah, reversed that, it. That's yeah. a technique. But I don't know for sure. <laughs> and that that's kudos to Francis Ford Coppola's, uh, you know, skill and and also the editor, really. Uh, it just it looks it looks surreal. That's all I know. And that is what it's meant to be, because we're talking about vampires here. Um, so right on. And, and, you know, talking about, again, practical effects and costumes and makeup, which, you know, again, this was nominated for. Absolutely loved the looks for Dracula in his bat version, which Harry had mentioned in his wolf version, which you mentioned hands. I mean, it looked tremendous. Um, they looked like full on creatures. And look, I mean, I saw Demeter and I enjoyed it for what it was, but yeah. I'm pretty sure Dracula in that movie, like 90 to 95% of the shots, he was full CG. And it's like, yeah, but this looks so much better here <laughs> when it was done. And I get it. It's labor intensive. It's probably more costly, whatever. But there's no arguing with quality. Like it just, it looks better. Uh, and it, it was stunning in this movie, these things on display. Cool. Yeah, agreed. So I, I, I'm trying to think a couple other things that as I was like, as I was pointing out with this, I, I don't know. I like, I guess in terms of like, I, I'm not, and I mentioned this before, I'm not well-versed in, in the Dracula lore and everything, but uh, Greg, I'm, I'm sure that you've seen or probably seen more and have more knowledge on it, I, I guess. And you've read the book. I know you said you read it a while ago, like it, it, compared to other 
versions of Dracula that we've seen. You can include Dracula Untold too with um that guy from Game of Thrones, please. Um, mm-hmm. would this be kind of like like I guess top tier for you? Where, like, if you were to talk, if you were, if someone came up to you and said, like, all right, look, I want three movies about Dracula. Where would you put this mm-hmm. one? I would put this top. Um, and it's, it's actually that you, uh, it's a great point that you bring up with this because there have been so many iterations, like far more than I'm sure you can even imagine of Dracula because this novel was published in the 1800s. Nosferatu, very early movie, um, you know, uh, it was stage play even before it was made a movie. Um, Cinemassacre, uh, who is a YouTube channel, but you guys might know the angry video game nerd. Um, he's, he's on that yep. channel. Yeah. James Rolfe. He's also a huge horror fan. A couple of years back, he did a comparison of every iteration of Dracula, every major iteration of Dracula up to that point. And I'm talking solo Dracula movies so like monster squad would not be included or right. uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> um, but he did uh a comparison of all of those to the original novel and which films had which elements and so on and so forth. And this was one of the most faithful adaptations. Now they do play up the romance much more in this. And, you know, there are some elements that are changed, but, uh, but yeah, as far as, um, you know, a, uh, an adaptation, this hues fairly close to the novel. And uh, if, if somebody were to ask me, what's your definitive version of, of Dracula? This would be my go-to, and then Bela Lugosi um, would be my second. And probably the 70s, Nosferatu would be third. All right, cool. <clears throat> um, my last thought that I want to point into before I kind of get into any kind of final thoughts overall as the movie, there's one scene where I don't know if it's Carrie Elway's character is introduced. This guy falls over a chair. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, I, I am not kidding. <laughs> I Was that Seward or was it? Home, Homewood. It was one or the other. I don't know. Yeah, one, I don't know who because they don't. I, it, it's hard to tell. <laughs> it was the middle. It one. is one yeah. of the funniest things I've ever seen because it came that that scene does not tripped belong over the in this head movie. Carpet. That's yeah. right. This movie does not. Be, that scene does not belong in this movie. And I and like in my mind, I just feel like that was an outtake that they just decided to keep in. It is. It is. I I, I cackled for forever because it just came so far out of nowhere, and I. I thought that was that's probably the funniest thing I've seen in a movie recently, and I'd say in the last few months. That includes I, all couples retreat. I don't know the behind the scenes on that, but I would have to imagine that you're right. Where like that's that was just like a happy accident filming a take, and uh, yeah. Francis Ford's like, yeah, we're keeping that in. I I, I don't <laughs> know why. I don't know why that happened, and I'm gonna kind of look it up. But uh, it was he just comes uh, across I, as a goober, which is hysterical. understand. Yeah. understand how funny I thought that was. So that's it. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right, final thoughts. I'm just gonna jump in this really quick. Um, how I kind of looked at this movie and how I rank it. Um, to me, it seemed like a 90s late night Cinemax movie um, with some of the scenes in this uh, of how, you know, it's, a, as I said, a very romantic film. Um, I do need to give it a second watch. Uh, and I think you guys talked and gave me a little more, uh, I guess, a little more to look for, like, look a at. A little more to uh, chew on or bite into. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um yeah so I, I might need to give it a second shot and look at it more from like a production design 
standpoint. And I, yeah, I agree. Like you were, you were the, so shocked by what you saw the first time. I should, yeah, yes, I was. Yes, I was. You couldn't I never, process the rest. I am never going into a hedge maze again. Ever. I'm never sure. going into a hedge maze because I don't know what I'm going to see. Yeah. Um, also, all the best what, things happen there, just like The Shining. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> all right. Um, I don't. Not for Lucy. <laughs> not for Lucy. That. Um, there is a. I, you know the one thing I actually that hedge maze scene kind of reminded me of a little bit was um that recent Marvel short um Werewolf by Night if that what that was called yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so I thought that was a, I don't know whether or not they took some some inspiration from this but I thought that was a lot of the a lot of the shots I thought were somewhat similar um even though it wasn't a vampire it was a, a werewolf um but yeah I I, I don't know I. I gave it initial thought was two and a half after first watch out of five. Um, I think you guys have given me, if I do watch it again, um, to give me uh, a few more things to look forward to. Um, I'll have to find it somewhere. I rented it on Apple and I have about seven minutes to watch it again before it goes away. So I don't think it's happening tonight. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, uh, I just, I actually just ordered the 4K, so you can have my ooh, Blu-ray if you want. Ooh, you get that <laughs> HMA scene in, in. in full, yeah. in full uh, <laughs> HD. Nice. Absolutely. Interesting. Harry, what about you? Well, I was uh, just a comment on Greg's thing. I think the 4K, I, I'll be interested to see how that looks on it because I almost feel like a DVD or a VHS quality of this might be, but mm. hey, maybe it's director approved. Um yeah, just some last final points. I mean, we mentioned a little bit about the Demeter. Um, I kind of looked at that and I was like, hey, I just saw that movie. That's pretty cool. How much are we? And then it was like, you know, a quick version of that. Um, I loved how Jonathan. So, uh, hang on. I, sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. I want to I touch base on that. So, yeah. like, how how did that play for you? Like, what, did you, did, having seen Last Voyage of the Demeter, were yeah. you happy? It's like, oh, it filled in those gaps. Or were you like, well, I guess I really didn't need that story. Like. I mean, honestly, if I had never seen the movie, I probably would have been like kind of not checked out on the scene, but I would have been like, okay, why are they making the big deal of this? Because that's when they also have the captain's log they're talking about. They're talking about the story of it. And so that's something that I think with added context from seeing the last voyage of Demeter, like you said, is a solid movie, Um, you know, but, you know, didn't. I kind of wanted to see more after the Demeter's voyage than, you know, they, they do. Um, but yeah, I thought it was easy to kind of have some of those pieces filled in. Um, like the Renfield part, I kind of didn't see Renfield and I know it's not a one for one, but it would have been Definitely interesting not. to kind of feel that <laughs> dynamic, uh, played out a little bit more in regards to it. So, um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. I, like I said, when Anthony Hopkins shows up, I think the, vibe in the movie changes a little bit but i don't think that's a bad thing i think it's um you know it adds a little bit especially when you get into kind of towards the end um i did enjoy when mina and jonathan both escape uh from their captors and just say let's get married do you want to talk about it nah dude let's just go for it um and they don't really have any kind of side conversations i did find out um as well as a little note about that for for the fans uh that they actually did that in a real church um and in like they actually didn't really get married but in the eyes of god technically they did um yep. and they were both I've like whatever about yeah. it so um <laughs> well, yeah, i have uh, no certificate from the state though so. <laughs> yeah well and what my other my other two final points here was you know i kind of uh it really kind of picks up at the end and it kind of becomes a little bit of a less romantic movie and a little bit 
um, you know, kind of jumps into the action, into the intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the line near the end, love is stronger than death. Um, uh, and I mentioned, so happy to have subtitles with it. And uh, this is like 90s Twilight for me. So uh, the wife puts on Twilight all the time. So that's a, that's a vampire movie of our choice in our household. Uh, but I was... I was pleasantly surprised by this, although I wasn't overwhelmingly like this is dope besides a lot of the filmmaking stuff, which I uh, gravitated towards uh, as a snob and a nerd. So, Groovy. Uh, what's your score? Oh, sorry. My score, uh, I'd say 3.25 if, if you're pushing me, but I, I, I would give it three stars on Letterboxd. Um, uh, where where we put our official rankings, but you you could edge me into three point two five, uh, for it. For me, I uh, as far as the end of the movie goes, I really enjoyed it. Like you said, Har, it kind of transitions into more of a chase slash action movie where they're they're hunting down uh, Dracula yeah. as they chase him back to his keep, and um, yeah, just lots of great shots. Again, you know, interesting dialogue and and choices there uh dug it dug the ending um one thing we didn't talk about in here we i i really think francis ford's direction was great on this i don't know that i would say it's nomination worthy for best director but i i do think you know he he hit it hard and also the cinematography um and the cinematographer on this was michael ballhouse uh you might know him from a few other small indie features like goodfellas the departed gangs of new york color of money air force one something's yeah. got to give so guys got some hits to his name worked with some and, masters uh, too. yeah and he's he's uh he really kills it in this as well i think there were some uh gorgeous shots and that's i'm actually really looking forward to the 4k because of that like i want to see a little less green and, and let me see the, the lushness and the, those details mm, pop out. Fair. So um, I, if it looks this good as is, you know, from being a, a film from the nineties, like let me see it upscaled even more. Um, Heard. So great stuff there. I, uh, I give this a four out of five, four stars. Uh, I'll be honest as a movie. Yeah. It's probably not that high, but, Look, personal preference definitely plays into it. Um, and I probably would rate this 4.5 if not for Keanu's performance. So there is that. But uh, but yeah, I just I absolutely love this movie. I'll never forget the first time I saw it. This is probably going to blow your guys' minds. And please don't call um, the authorities on my parents. But I remember watching this on HBO in 94. So I was 10 years old. <laughs> and you can imagine some of the graphic scenes <laughs> as as we've alluded to uh but i was sick laying on the couch and i i was a dracula fan and i wanted to watch this so my mom told me to cover my eyes at the uh inappropriate parts and hmm. we were off to the races love the movie ever since and imagine you know going back uh five ten years later from that point as i've started to develop my taste and it's like Oh, that's that guy. Oh, he's in this. Oh, Francis Ford Coppola. I love the apocalypse now, you know, so it only added to the flavor where it's like, oh, my God, I didn't. This is gold here for me. And I didn't even realize it. So, um, yeah, so absolutely love the movie um, and highly recommend it. 
Let's go spooky one, season. One last final note. Uh, Transylvania looks like Mars from Total Recall in the daylight. <laughs> Fair enough. Don't put that, <laughs> throw that out there. I saw that. And I was what, uh, my, Did I just switch game movies now? No. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll jump all into right. our next movie. Was uh, I mentioned earlier, Denis Villeneuve's... Uh, I, and I'll have to fact check this. Is his first movie or second? I believe it's his second major movie. I think Enemy was... This was probably his first... I think Mage. enemy I think enemy comes like, out around the same year uh but there's definitely I think a couple movies of his that come out before this but aren't as like probably more like independent features like uh, sure. this is the first like called. wide scale <laughs> yeah, like this guy's on say, the map Yeah in in Sen- Incendies I think was in 2010 and that was I think kind of his breakout i would say uh that put them you know in the next level and then this enemy and prisoners as you mentioned come out pretty much the same year and then sicarios a couple years after okay so i will say just you know full disclosure he denny's probably my favorite director um right now i've seen at the now at this point i've seen every major movie that he's released this was the only one that i did not see i've been it's been on my radar for a long time even before i really knew who he was the first movie i saw of his was arrival um and that kind of got me you know got me really excited for um for you know once i realized prisoners existed um mm-hmm. i'm sorry sicario was the first one then it was then it was arrival um so this is story hugh jackman plays keller who i've never um met a man named keller before um, where him and his neighbor, played by Terrence Howard, their um, their daughters go missing, and basically he has to take matters into his own hands when he starts losing faith and and the trust of the police because of their lack of action in finding um, finding the girls. Um, there's a few leads that they have, including Paul Dano's Alex. Um, and a few other people that that come along the way, but um, Jake Gyllenhaal plays a a detective named Loki, who, um, as we go, you know, a couple I'll, I'll points out later, that is the most deceptive name, uh, because it really threw me off of where this movie was going. Uh, he's a, a a real well known director or director. Oh my god, sorry, a detective that um, he's never he's really always found what he was looking for in cases and never had a case go unsolved. Um, so he gets put on this and he, uh, you know, he starts following some of the kids, some of the, some of the leads, some of the, the evidence that doesn't really point to certain characters. And Hugh Jackman decides to, as I said, take matters in uh, Saul fans would, would actually go crazy for, uh, hmm. he captures Paul Dano and, and, basically tries to get a confession out of him and find out where his girls are um well his daughter and his neighbor's daughter or uh so you know along the way we are a couple different stories that don't seem related and they eventually tie up together as as you know a good a good detective story does i kind of classify this as a thriller um not yeah. necessarily not necessarily horror i feel like if you watch this it seems more not not horror as like not scary, but it, it definitely has a mainly thriller vibe to it. Um, you know, some of the other people I mentioned, Terrence Howard, Paul Dano, um, and I always butcher this poor man's name because he's going to be the ne- one of the next up and coming actor actors. David, if you want to say it, uh, if anyone knows, Demastichilion. Um, Desmalkian. Desmalkian. 
Thank you. Uh, who was most recently in Oppenheimer and Suicide Squad and a few other movies. I think he was in the Demeter movie. So um, he was. Yeah, he was. So there's that. Um, yeah. So it's uh, this was much different than what I guess I thought I was. I saw the trailer for this a long time ago, and I thought it was going to be more along the lines of a serial killer vibe where they're not just looking for someone who kidnapped the girls, but it's someone, I guess, more Zodiac-ish. Where it's someone who, it's a it's a more of a uh, we're watching a series like of a incidents. series of events happening yeah. where you know it, it's kind of you find out mm-hmm. that some of the events that have happened happened a long time ago, but it's not not necessarily like a serial killer. Um, I, I will say that some of the, the actually all the performances in this in this movie are incredible. Jackman, who I've only at, at you know, I've seen him in a lot of other stuff, but I feel like he's definitely genre type um, with some movies like superhero movies. Um, the the magician movie with Nolan, um, the prestige, the prestige. Sorry. Um, and it's funny to see him how he, like this is 2013. So this is 10 years ago. And I always think it's funny that Jackman's first major role was was Wolverine and he was mainly a stage actor. Um, he brings a lot of intensity to this role. Um, oh, who else is in this? Um, oh my God, I cannot think of her name. Um, I'll think of it. Viola in a Davis. Viola Davis. Yeah, she's in this. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think I, I, you know, I feel like she was around before, but I, I didn't know her too well until, you know, a couple maybe I guess in the past like ten years ish. Um, Love her, but she she didn't have much in this. She Just had a, a couple, few scenes. She had a couple, a couple of raw, like scene, like good scenes, but she wasn't. Yeah, she didn't have too much to do. Um, I feel like this was before she was getting leading roles. Um, she was more supporting at the time, and then um, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, he was he his character sort of reminded me of um, if you've if you have seen a really good movie, he's in Nightcrawler. Uh, very shady, very um, seems like he's not the best person and there's something behind him in his story where um with his name alone i thought he was going to be the one responsible for these kidnappings uh a lot of a lot of things like even his introduction was very odd when he was in the chinese restaurant um some of his just motives of not looking into uh like certain aspects of the case that hugh jack like keller was asking him to and the fact that he uh that he solves every case that he's on it's like okay does he he does this for his own personal gain like he kidnaps these like or just does these certain things that gives him so he knows how it's going to turn out um so i i was i was pleasantly surprised you know by the end of the movie that this guy was actually a good guy and he's not a not any kind of shady he's just a just seems like a unique personality um and he does this blinking thing through the movie that that really like that it just made me seem like this guy's a psychopath i don't know why but um yeah um i even looked at i I forget what movie i I might have been nightcrawler where i was watching where i don't think he blinks at all in that movie um and i was i went to see if that's something that like gyllenhaal just did and i didn't realize it um no nightcrawler spoilers because i do want to see that i haven't watched it all right all right so i do have one reference to it but it's not a spoiler at all um paul dano is incredible in this movie he doesn't have a lot of dialogue but he he has a few things that he says and it's just like not as much as the other characters but he's one of those actors then and 
that I'm surprised he hasn't won an Oscar yet. Um, I feel like he should have for There Will Be Blood. Uh, it's probably his best role, but this is a good follow, like a good follow up for that because he just has a, I wouldn't say menacing, but a very terrifying look to him. And that's, I feel bad saying that because I'm not saying he's a creepy looking guy, but how mm-hmm. he portrays like some of his characters, it just seems like he's just naturally has a, a dark sense to him. Um, and I feel like with this, it, it seemed like, you know, a lot of, there was some evidence pointing that he was the one that was responsible for the girls missing um, until he gets absolutely horrifyingly tortured. Um, and well, even then we don't know for sure. And right? that's what I mean. Like you still yeah. think that like, yeah, you go, he plays a character where the first 80%, maybe 75, 80% of the movie, you're actually scared of him. And then once the big reveal comes, you you can go back and watch this, and you almost feel pity for him, and you feel you feel like a lot like sympathy because you're, you're like okay, you as a as a viewer you're watching him. It's got to be this guy. Like he's he lines up with like just being creepy and all the evidence points, and then you watch you're like oh I feel bad blaming him. Like he's actually he's he's completely innocent. He's actually a victim himself. Um, mm-hmm. But this this it seems a little. I, it did not seem like a, a a Denis movie for me. I it seemed like a I, I would say majority of this movie seems like a very typical thriller. Uh, the way he shoots his movies, I think this some of the the shots in this movie are like absolutely like gorgeous, and he he does a really good job with just how it's shot and and I I just I it I feel like as the second half of this movie comes in, um, it's it seems the tone shifts a lot. Um, to once they start getting into more evidence and other suspects, um, I think it really picks up a lot. Uh, the first movie is a, it's a slow burn. I think, um, you know, once the girls go missing, it this movie's all dialogue, uh, with the exception of like a chase scene, um, but it's all it it it's a pretty much all dialogue movie. Um, but yeah, I, I you know like I did with uh, Papa. Was this your first time watching this? Uh, this was my second time. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll throw it over to you just as in, and, you know, we'll do the, I'll ask the same question of why Harry had, had picked this. So Papa. Sure. So, yeah, <clears throat> um, it was interesting, uh, watching this the second time around. Um, actually, let me rewind a little bit. So let's take it back to the young days of, uh, Papa Spice's hot takes with hands and Harry. And we had our, uh best directors episode mm. and good times uh Hera, i think it was you that had nominated denny right yeah you're welcome i don't know i don't know if hands you did as well but i know I probably you guys I can go both... back i feel like we 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 both might have had that on our list and like, like agreed on it i don't know so i'll I'll admit, and I did say as much in the episode at the time, I had not seen any of his movies. Um, But after you guys speaking so highly of him, I decided to remedy that immediately. And Hmm. the very first movie of his that I watched was this. Um, But that was even pre me rejoining Letterboxd. So it was a while ago. Um, So this was my first time rewatching it. And there were definitely things that I picked up on this time around that I didn't notice the first time. And yeah, I absolutely felt 
with more sympathy for Paul Dano's character realizing, you know, what, what exactly had transpired. Um, I'll tell you what though, you know, just from, from the very beginning, uh, you know, we've got this kind of nice portrait of a quiet little neighborhood and, uh, you've got a couple of families that are close and getting together for Thanksgiving or whatever it is. And it's like, all right, this is, you know, it's painting a nice portrait. And man, when those girls go missing and it's like, oh, you were supposed to walk them to the house. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, where'd they go? Oh, man, my stomach just drops. Uh, It just it's it's awful. And, you know, having a daughter, I can't imagine what that must feel like. But uh, but especially now watching it um, with the eyes of a father, it definitely hits even harder than it did before. So that was something that that had definitely changed this time around. Um, direction, fantastic. You know, Denny knows what he's doing. Hands, I wonder, I almost wonder if your perspective is coming from the fact that it seems like Denny initially started with, you know, smaller scale movies like this, where, I mean, yeah, I say smaller scale, even though it's got like A-list stars, but like, you know, he does movies like this and Sicario and and then what after that? It's like Arrival. Arri- and yeah, so I Blade guess the, Runner yeah. and Dune and it's like all of a sudden he's in these big sure, much larger scale things whereas this is a more quiet personal story grounded. Right. Yeah. Um so maybe that's uh that might play into it. I don't know, but the direction it's I like, thought was fantastic. Oh, it's like ahead. working backwards where it's saying like, yeah, you're yeah. right. Where I, you had Dune, Blade Runner, even Sicario. It's not like a big, it's not a movie with big stakes. I mean, yes, there in terms of, uh, you know, cartel involvement and, and storylines. Yes, there, there is a, there are bigger stakes compared to this. Now I'm not saying, you know, missing two girls is not a high stakes thing, but this, this whole movie takes place in one little town in Pennsylvania. It's not right. a, it's not crossing countries. It's not crossing planets. It's it's not, you know, as involved. It's not as sophisticated and and big as Blade Runner. So I, I it is strange to say like it, it, it saying it doesn't feel like a Denis movie. I think it's because I've seen all his other works before, and now I'm at this point where this seems yeah it's small scale. So yeah, um, and I will say too like you know combined direction and cinematography which. Shock, shock, went to look up the cinematographer. Who is it? My it's man. It's our boy Deacons. <laughs> what a shock. Putting out bangers. Um, movie looks beautiful. Of course, Deacons is doing it. Um, but, like, this this looks and feels like a real place. You know, like, it just, you're plopped right in the middle of this small town, this quiet neighborhood, and every, every location in this movie it's like yeah this this very much feels like it exists in the real world it doesn't feel like a set or uh you know whatever it just uh i feel like i'm plopped in and it's it's very weird to say but like even though totally different director totally different cinematographer um it kind of gave me like wind river vibes which was another favorite of mine yeah. uh, that i kind of discovered and uh, that's a similar situation where you're like you're plopped into a scenario and just everything feels real. Like you feel like you're in that area. So really dug that. Um, 
Jake Gyllenhaal really good in this uh, and his ticks, the the dedication to, to performance. I don't know what it is. I, I get the general feeling or consensus that like that people don't really respect the Gyllenhaals, particularly Maggie, but I feel like Jake doesn't get as much love as he should either. Um, and that's a shame because I think they're both really tremendous actors. Uh, and this is a prime example of, of Jake absolutely killing it. And I've, you know, Harry, I saw you make a face about Nightcrawler and yes, I have not seen it, but I've heard that his performance in there is another, uh, killer. I'm so, pretty sure um, he was snubbed at the Oscars that year and he should, he should have been at least recognized and got a nomination for that. It is, it is a, it's like a very, Creep. I, I'd say creepy performance is a good way to put it. But I mean, even there, that's a movie where I think that might have been Bill Paxton's last role, maybe. Um, but like, oh, well. um, he's in it, and um, Riz Ahmed. Uh, they're like the three, and Renee Russo. They're the three or four main people in it. It's it's kind of terrifying, but not. Like, am I? Am I right? Like, do you do you guys hear that from other film fans also, or is that just? I will say, going into what my comment earlier about um, people and their love of of celebrities and their obsession with celebrities, I will say that Jake, it, like, I feel like he gets not a bad rap, but even recently with, um, I feel like a lot of people don't give him a chance more recent stuff because of the whole Taylor Swift thing. And that song, All Too Well, was written about Jake Gyllenhaal. And people are like, ah, Jake Gyllenhaal broke Taylor Swift's heart, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the dude's a phenomenal actor. He broke up with his girlfriend just get over it um the song's a banger i'll i'll admit that but get over it like for real um so i i, I think he's a he I, he's one of my favorite actors that he doesn't i i don't say like he doesn't i feel like he doesn't release movies a lot like i feel like like more recently it's been fewer far between where i've seen him in some stuff um and i know he did like that ambulance movie or and you know he but i feel like i don't see him leading too many movies he's more of a a supporting main character if that makes sense um but i think he he has a lot of roles where he he definitely takes chances with some of the stuff he does and the stuff that he does i i can't really think of a bad jake gyllenhaal role i mean i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna i can't think of a a keanu reeves dracula role for (laughs) for jake gyllenhaal I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say the guy is like the second coming of Brando or whatever, but like, I just, I feel like he doesn't get, he churns out solid performances in most cases. And I feel like he doesn't get much love. He gets a lot, like even a bad rap from, um, um, far from home in Spider-Man. He's, he's great in that movie. He's really (laughs) good. And I think like a lot of his roles that people just kind of overlook them and, I, I just wish I, you know, he does a couple of like, I'm not going to say all his movies are, and like said, all his performances are great, but I think what he's in, I, I think he does a really good job and some movies he puts a lot into and some he might, even when he phones it in, I feel like, I don't know. I get the sense that sometimes he doesn't, I've, he doesn't like acting with some of his roles. I feel like he's just doing it to get paid, which might be the case, but there's other roles like Nightcrawler um, with the box Southpaw a few other movies where I just feel like he, he is kind of really into his roles. And when he is puts that like extra little extra into it, I, I, I could make a case for some of his, um, some of his work where he could have been nominated, should have been won multiple 
best actor nominations or at least nominations mm. and multiple wins. I can give him at least two wins. Harry, so. you've got your finger on the pulse of the film community. How do you feel about Jake? Well, I was going to say he's only been nominated once and it was for Brokeback Mountain as a supporting actor. Um, mm. So, but you know, his IMDb is pretty interesting. You know, as you guys were talking, I mean the, the, the four, as they always like to pop up for it or Nightcrawler broke back, which obviously we mentioned he's nominated for Donnie Darko and, and prisoners. Um, mm. And I mean, I just saw him in, in uh, the covenant and ambulance. Um, and then as I was going through, there was just, you know, I, I loved him in wildlife. Um, and I'll actually go to a counterpoint, I think for that, that hands made uh, in regards to, I think he plays a leading actor a lot. Like, I don't think he gets like, I guess you could say he's, I would say he's the co-lead with Hugh Jackman in this. Um, you can make the case that they would both probably be up for like supporting actor and what you would put him in for, you know, end of watch is another one that I, that I love, you know, obviously yeah. there's the, the hit that everybody loves Prince of Persia, um, <laughs> you know, where he kind of tried to carry that movie. I mean, he's in ensemble pieces like Hanratty mentioned with brothers and Zodiac. Um, and, and I would even, even say like with ambulance, yeah. like he was in, ya, was it Yahya Abdul Mateen? He like, yeah. even, I feel like he was the main character and Gyllenhaal is that, is that some supporting lead, I guess? Yeah, yeah that's a good way. I, I would say even with that movie, you can make the case that both of them are because they kind of right. jumps into a little bit of both of their lives. I so, guess I, I was wrong when I said he was a leading, like a lead. No, I, I guess no, I, the, how I, I was. Yeah, I think you're right, though, because like you look at it like something like Zodiac, something like Brothers with him and Toby, Toby uh, McGuire, where it's like, yeah, they and Brokeback Mountain with like Heath Ledger, like where it's like. He works well, I think, with others um, to help elevate films. I think when he ends up getting his own or where he's the primary focus, the thing about Jake is that I think he makes choices sometimes, um, and I don't think it pays off 100% of the time. Like, I think hmm. he goes for it, like you guys were mentioning, but I think for some people, it's a, it's a turnoff. Like, it almost could be, like, too much over the top, like kind of how we mentioned with uh, with Dracula uh, earlier. Like um like a movie like Love and Other Drugs, um, where he's kind of the co lead with uh what's her face in that Anne Hathaway. Um, you know, the movie Source Code, uh, in regards to that. Uh you know, he was in Everest, uh, which I think was um that was kind of an ensemble one, but I that's where they were climbing Everest for it. So I think there's just some movies where he just commits to the I don't want to say the bit. But, yeah, I think he is definitely one of those underrated ones that, you know, probably should have gotten more recognition or will. Because um, he's definitely done a lot of movies and worked with a lot of people that I think uh, people like. Like, I'm sure if we went through his IMDb, somebody would be like, I love that movie. You know, like, I just went through five of them and it's like, end of watch. Um, you know, this. Uh, you know, uh, a movie like Life where he was a part of the team in, in that one. Um in that sci-fi horror movie. So, um, yeah, definitely. Don't forget definitely Bubble Boy. Guys. Yeah. Ah, yeah, sure. Uh, I won't forget <laughs> that one. So, um, yeah. all right. Curious about that. Uh, a couple other quick points score by Johan Johansson. Um, the score did not stand out much for me in this, but Agreed. from the parts when it does kick in, it's pretty good. Uh, but, Johan uh, has quite a bit of um, stuff to his resume as well. Did we uh, just talk about a movie that he did recently? Um, well, Sicario, Arrival, <laughs> Theory no, of like Everything. 
I think oh, you're confusing yeah, I, your I brought up Theory of Everything. Um, I forget what movie, yeah. what one we were talking about. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, think, you know, yeah. kudos to him. Uh, going back to the actors, uh, Hugh Jackman, definitely the standout for me in this. Um, and for me, probably one of his top roles. Uh, I'd say, I don't know, if I had to pick three Jackman performances, I'd and not in any particular order, I'd say Logan, this and, uh, uh, greatest showman, uh, for me. Um, but as far as like, uh, you know, raw passion and intensity, this is probably tops of, of those three. So just kudos to him. Really, really killed it. Uh, Melissa Leo in this, I didn't even realize it was Melissa Leo until this, uh, time around watching it but she is a tremendous performer does a great job in this very understated role but you know once you find out her true intentions she's kind of like this almost like a black widow spider hiding in wait you know she seems very unassuming until things really kick into gear um two other quick points the priest killing the husband the original killer, I guess, or kidnapper, whatever. Um, I was, I did not, that was like over my head. The first time I saw this, oh, I was, really? I did not connect those dots. And then when I watched it this time around, I'm like, Oh, that's cause, like, I thought the priest was just a, a whole red herring during the investigation. Like, Oh, maybe it's this guy, but no, it turns out to be something completely unrelated. And then this time around when I'm watching, I'm like, Oh, that's who he killed, and it does connect. It's just, you know, tangential. Um, so that was a big derp moment on my part. And then the other thing, which is a very deep cut, um, I'm assuming you guys have not seen The Exorcist 3, correct? Yeah, nope. I missed it. Yeah, but you can, okay. you can please go ahead and spoil it. Well, no, I'm I'm 100% going to nominate that for you guys at some point because it is fantastic. Yeah, you make that face, I guarantee you'll get, you'll enjoy this. Um, but Mrs. Conyers, uh, who lost her son to the original uh, kidnapper killer, um, she is very much, like, I, I didn't bother to see who the actor was great, and she was almost a shell of herself, like, just uh, this ghost living in the past. She talks about how the the VHS has basically been run down because it, you get the impression that she's watching this only tape of her son every day, just over and over. And uh, she's just gone. She's checked out like she's living, but not living. And it very much reminded me of a character in the exorcist three, um, not the same scenario, but she, uh, this, this, was an elderly patient confined to um, confined to, you know, um, an asylum basically. And mm. uh, Mrs. Clelia, and she just kind of, she's there, but she's not there. And I don't know what it is, but those two performances just really resonate um, and remind me of each other. So when we get to that day, remember this shout and, and you guys will make that connection. I know it's a deep cut. Not all of our listeners will have seen that movie, but uh but yeah, Mrs. Conyers and Mrs. Clelia, definite connection. Uh, those are my some of my initial thoughts. Harry, how about you for prisoners? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the reason why I chose this movie is this one when it came out was right up my right up my alley um, in regards to the crime drama thriller movies. Um, I know we've we've talked about Mindhunter on this. Um, you know, uh, I was thinking of Gone Girl, um, some of some of Fincher's work. I mean, both Fincher's work uh, in regards to that. And so these these movies are, I feel, always right up my alley. But for some reason, when I saw this. Um, I only rated it three stars. Um, so there was an element for me that uh, Why? wanted to rewatch, um, you know, and I, I could have been tired. I could have maybe not been in the right mindset. Um, maybe I wasn't picking up things as well as I should have in the movie um, in regards to that. Uh, I remember also this trailer. This was a great trailer. I don't remember if it was the longer version of the trailer or the initial one, but probably the longer one. Because there, there's a whole element with this movie with the maze and, you know, with the title being Prisoners, where you're kind of, as you mentioned a little bit, Hans, like it doesn't kind of lead to more, you know, possible cases, but the spider web of it, you know, kind of unravels and you get through the maze a little bit more um, to discover how all these people are kind of prisoners to their situation. Um, and that like the the even the trailer with it like there's the scene when alex you know kind of lifts up the dog off the ground um kind of torturing the dog and there's these hints throughout the movie where not everybody is who they they say they are and you know you're wondering why alex is saying certain things and again another movie that you know i'm gonna say great to have subtitles uh at home um you know there's the scene when keller and alex um you know, Dano and Jackman, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman pulls him aside after he's released out of the police station and he whispers to him where only Hugh Jackman could hear him. They didn't cry until I left them. Um, and he's, you know, it, it's one of those moments where it's like you kind of see the the building blocks of how this is getting interpreted. Because one of the things I would say about Hugh Jackman is, is that I don't like his character. Um, I like the performance, um, but you're made to not enjoy or like his character. And listen, I'm not captain. Uh, you know, I always side with the police being right uh, all the time, but you know, in this case, Hugh Jackman definitely, you know, the way his character, I don't think me and I don't think me and Jackman, uh, or I should say Keller, I don't think me and Keller are voting for the same people um, in, in this, <laughs> you know, in this movie. So he just he has a way about him. And there's a lot of the things in the beginning that get set up early on with the doomsday prepping, um, where you kind of see the way this man is and that he is supposed to always prepare for the worst, uh, but hope for the best. And the fact that he is supposed to be your typical male caretaker you know i'm the man of the house you know i'm you know i'm what keeps everybody safe i'm in control of everything to be out of control so quickly you know uh, i know hands talked a little bit in the beginning about the run length um and i know that kept him up late so i'm sorry about that luckily he had magic mind in the morning to uh to get him back on track but in the first 12 minutes of the movie the kids are gone Everything that it happens so quickly that, you know, you dive right into the story that we are spending that time in that world that you mentioned, Papa, where we're just kind of getting to know other other of the the other players and other chess pieces in the movie um, and what their role is in, in this you know world here. 
Um, you know, I mean, obviously you guys talked a lot about the performances. I mean, I think Hall does, you know, give a great performance in this. I think Jackman does too, along, along with the rest of the cast, even though I think some of them get sidelined to those two performances, which are really strong. Um, I'm always in favor. As I mentioned, I don't like the, uh, Keller character, but the Jackman performance. And I like it when, listen, I know he gets angry in, in, in Logan or as Wolverine, but to see him in this as more of a of a real person, I think definitely stands out. And it was good to kind of see him, as you mentioned, Greg, with, you know, him being the showman, um, you know, and kind of seeing a, a darker side. Um, there's also the element with Hall where, you know, he has like, even though we don't get a lot of his backstory in his life, we kind of get a sense of, you know, this is his life you know, being a detective, this is, you know, and we see the tattoos and we see, you know, uh, the ring on his hand and, you know, the ticks that he has, like this guy's obviously been through it. Um, and we kind of get that even just from kind of the beginning. And, you know, you mentioned it, Greg, I mean, Deacon's on the, on the ones and twos, uh, with the camera, uh, just something either I didn't appreciate back in 2012 or something that I, I don't, I don't know. I might've, I don't know. Was I under the influence of something? Who knows? Was I drugged? I don't know. Um, yeah, you were drinking but, that magic soda. Yeah, exactly. I was shocked when I saw yeah, your score. So more than like, any other, so much well, so that I texted you right away. Yeah, listen, listen. There's there's elements in you know, and this is what I this is why I enjoy sometimes doing this pod with you guys. Is you know whether it be revisiting something or having the conversations of like. You know, nothing's written in stone here. You know, we we can change our opinions. And I'm happy I was able to revisit this one because right off the jump, I was like, man, what was what was I doing? Um, and, you know, for me, too, I mean, we're talking about Deacons. We're talking about Denny. Uh, Sicario is in my one of my four. You know, if you talk about your letterbox four being your fave four, like that's in there for me. Like Sicario is like a perfect film to me, um, you know, and. This one, I would say, isn't isn't as far away as I thought it was um, from that. You know, there's there's the one shot, you know, we talked about, you know, Paul Dano's character. I know getting a little bit later in the movie, but the just the red eye of his in, in when he's in that box of just, oh, you know, great shot. yeah. And just the the the, you know, final scene, you know, towards the end when uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character rescues the the girl rescues Anna and he's driving to the hospital and 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 Loki's like you know he's been he's been hit uh with a bullet and just the colors the imagery everything's kind of the rain and, yeah, yeah and it's just it's so so well done um and it just it it, it makes you hold your breath even though I knew what was going to happen you know I was still you know blown away um rewatching that scene again and you know, as you mentioned, the, the pieces of this and you start figuring out, you know, other players in, in the movie and how they all fit together. And, you know, there there's the elements with that I find so funny, not funny, but so interesting as a, as a human being when Keller is so sure that he is right. You know, we've all been in arguments with friends or family and there's the element where it's like, I don't care if I'm wrong. I just I'm standing on my principles that I am correct here. And, you know, Keller is so blinded by his own rage and the fact that he can't be wrong because he's the one who has to solve this. You know, he has, you know, the lines of you wasted time, you let this happen, you know, and there's the scene when Loki picks him up at the uh, after he catches him 
at the liquor store and he says she's expecting me to find her not you and you can just see oh. this character that just is so so driven by what he thinks is the correct value and way instead of pausing almost like he's a prisoner to himself yeah exactly <laughs> instead of pausing and taking the opportunity to think am i going about this right he doesn't have that in him he is just you know driven by this and it, it's pretty incredible so yeah really happy um i nominated it and that i was able to revisit it so real quick just touching on that so it's also interesting because like you know we terrence howard's character isn't in the movie a ton uh, yeah i mean he is but not as keller's center stage here um for sure as well as loki but uh but yeah it, you know playing into that that rage but also like i have to be right um keller like i i kind of sided with him initially but the second that he flips the switch and just he's like all right we're doing this Makes we're beating the yeah. crap out of this dude and torturing him and like then it's like there's that moral line in the sand and yeah. it's tough and I, hey i I hope I never have to be in a position where I, I have to make those decisions. Very unlikely, but um, but yeah, it's uh, it's very very intriguing that he uh, he's kind of um, stuck in that that loop of yeah. his own feedback and just like don't, he just he doesn't even just cross the line. He just like blows right by it. Whereas Terrence Howard is like, I don't think we should be doing it. Like, you know, he, he yeah. does not want any parts of this next time. Um, baby. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> exactly. One other thing I wanted to touch on too, cause I forgot uh, hands was to your point about the introduction of Loki. And I did, I found it strange. I remember I found it strange when I watched it initially. And also upon this rewatch, when they introduce him, he is set up very, ambiguously like you don't know is this guy really like a legit detective it, is he altruistic and all that stuff and i think as time goes on um you find he is and and hair like you said to your point it's uh you know kind of you end up siding with him where it's like hey let me do my job there's a way to go about this i promise yeah we have your best interest there's, but there's I gotta even do it this way there's even the element at the end when they come to thank him um when after he's rescued uh anna and he's at the hospital and they're checking out and it's just kind of like that's it like he just gets like there's no like like even even anna i mean i know she you know obviously went through a lot but like there's just so much element of like all right thank you um really miss my husband though um you know the guy <laughs> who actually like uh beat a kid and is gonna get arrested but uh thanks for your help i think he'll go um, to jail Probably, yeah. But it's <laughs> well, just like, yeah. Um, the, the, the kid's head lo I mean, looks he like kidnapped a, somebody. He looks yeah. like a cabbage patch kid now. So yeah, he's probably going to go to jail. And yeah, just, yeah. What happens in jail? It's like he kidnapped yeah. a dude and tortured him, but then he was kidnapped and tortured. Does that like that equals out right? Mm, Sentence yeah, served. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Is that uh, how reality yeah. works? But uh, no, it was just it was very strange. Justifiable homicide. <laughs> yeah, Loki. Like I don't, I don't associate Loki the name with uh right, like a malevolent entity yeah, yeah. per se it's it's more like a trickster or like deception but yeah. that's not what this 
detective does. So it's a weird choice for the name. And then the initial introduction where you're coming up from behind the camera shot. And then he's like, can you get your boss to lower this? But he doesn't seem to be doing it jokingly, you know, like you get weird vibes and then you start to see, yeah, yeah, he, he is altruistic. He is a man of his honor, but it's, it was a weird way to introduce him. So my, when I, when I first watched that and and we watched it with subtitles and it said Loki detective, or it said Loki, (laughs) the first thing I said to Catherine was, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm going to predict what's happening in this movie. (laughs) She's like, hell, I said, I'm like, we have a Hulk. I'm like, yeah. I said the name alone. She's like, well, what's so special about the name? I'm like, well, he's known as the God of Mischief. And yeah. it just, I feel like I, I, my, the more I thought about it, I feel like that was just a knee doing a really quick misdirect because he probably yeah. knows that he knows his audience probably isn't completely dumb. And they, that whole introduction along with his name, yeah. they pro and, and some of his, the things that he does in the movie make it seem like he is behind some of the stuff that goes on and i i questioned the fact of was he a valid detective too until there was one part when they find the rv and it crashes into the tree he calls one of the cops by name and knew him so i and i had to rewind it to say mm. like who said that and they know him on the police department so that's why i i realized yeah. yes he's a real cop now what are his motives like is he part of this this overall issue going on like that like right. overall cases so yeah Denis just pulling one pulling pulling a quick misdirect um yeah there's a lot of that in this movie too like with the 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 priest and you know you're like there's so many times where you're like we got it we're gonna we're gonna figure it out here you know even pulling up in the rv you know and alex is in it then uh what's it called a david uh even his his whole character yeah yeah, and like, what's his deal? And then you know we're going, you know, back to the aunt's house, and oh, is she? I don't know. And then you know we're going to, um, shoot, what was the other one I, I said? But I, I don't want to repeat it. But there's so many misdirects with it where it's like, where are we heading with this, and and what's the point for it? So, and I think with um, what was it? Bob Taylor was his name, David Domestic yeah, Callian's yeah, character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought that was a great introduction because it gives you two – I think it narrows it down to the fact that, all right, Alex, at one point you're kind of like maybe Alex didn't do it. They have this new creepy guy, Bob Taylor, who you know, all the signs pointing to him, he may be more evidence against him than Alex. Yeah. So you have – you're kind of saying which one of these two did it. In the back of your mind, I, at least in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, right. all right, Loki has something to do with this. Exactly. And so you have three suspects on my end, and guess what? Not none of them are the ones that are pulling the yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's usually the uh, the actor or actress who's wearing a ton of makeup and who's kind of shown for a minute or two and has an Academy Award already or has been nominated. And it's like maybe keep your eye on that one. Um, yeah, in hindsight, <laughs> so you know, twenty twenty. Um, yeah. So I, I and I think um, you know the the Bob Taylor character was interesting because there's a lot of you start seeing some things tie together because it's like i think the aunt mentions oh well my husband used to collect snakes and she mentions that after the fact that bob taylor has a bunch of cases with snakes in them and it just some of those things start to tie together and the fact that after he kills himself and he says that the girls were dead and it just it, it you know that's it's similar to when you're watching like Oppenheimer, where the bomb goes off and you look, and you're like, you still have an hour left of this movie. There's a lot more to go, and this yeah. is the same thing. Like after after um, Bob Taylor 
he kills himself in the police station, you're kind of like, all right, I still got like 45 minutes left. Yeah, where are we this going can't, here? This can't be solved. Um, like this can't be done. Uh, so I think that you know, just with the misdirective, and I think Denise really good with that. And it did surprise me when it comes to the ending. And you know, it, we, we, I'm sure we'll jump back to a couple other things. But you know, with the ending, it turns out that the aunt Alex's aunt, who's not really his not aunt, his aunt, not his aunt. She's just psycho who just, <laughs> as I think she puts it, just likes to create demons out of kidnap like the Wage parents war against of god of, yeah yeah her like they're yeah because they were on a they lost a child or they, were, they i think they had they yeah so mm-hmm. to do yeah. that they 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 kidnapped the children to turn their parents evil which they accomplished with keller because he was torturing poor poor alex and yeah, you know feel how we just, feel alex was just kind of a pawn in all this and I, that the scene where he goes back to the aunt's house was a little strange to me, and I thought he was going to find the girls there. But I didn't think she was going to be the ringleader behind it all. And, you know, she drinks that, that soda, that magic juice, and uh, that looks like a great soda drink. bottle. I know. <laughs> and I, Jackman's great in this movie. The way he chugs that that soda is, is terrible. And he just It's so weird. He just does it. Like, like does like quick swigs. He's like... Blah, 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 blah. Got to get some like, tips from Eric Badlands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout, shout out to my uh, all my July Fourth Nathan's hot dog eating <laughs> peeps. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and and I th- I want to watch this movie a second time to go back to some of those things that you point out, and I think that with a good thriller type movie like this is where the hints are there really all along. Um, and I, I would love to go back and once I get two and a half, another two and a half hours of my life to go and revisit it. Watch um, it in chunks. I could, yeah, I could just do little little bits here and there. Like, uh, Bob Taylor killed himself. All right, day one's over. Let's just go on to day Prisoners, two. Prisoners, the series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I thought that was a, a really – like even Catherine who only watched maybe an hour and 15 minutes of this movie. Um, I told her about it today. We were talking about it. She's like, oh, who did it? Because I told her I thought it was the detective, and I was like, "Oh, it was the ant?" Like, oh, the ant did it. Oh man! So, like, yeah, you missed it's about a very another Janet thing to do too. <laughs> you missed another hour of the movie leading up to it, but you know, um, but not even that—the fact that the ant was involved with it, but it was more—it was more the fact that um, Alex was a victim himself, and 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 yeah. was the first one that was kidnapped, and she ba- they basically kept him to become a pawn. And you find out Bob was one of them too. So they had a whole little town filled of, of kidnapped children that they turned into – well, one of them was a kind of a psycho with the snakes. Alex was just a, a man-child. The reason he was that way was because he was tortured. I mean that's you right. know, just a show. Yeah. Like, you know, never judge a book and, by and, cover. And that's when you go back to the whole thing of like you feel sympathy for him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think over – like as – as the movie went on and, and some things picked up and, and that's like, and that's usually like these kind of movies where they have those slow burns where they, they start accelerating and, and, you know, some of the, 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 the tenseness of it where there's more leads, there's more things than the pieces start coming together in the puzzle. And, you know, just to use the, the maze comparison, you're getting closer to the end of that maze to where when, when it kind of clicks and comes together, you're like, Oh, like, shoot. Yeah. Like, why, why didn't I think of that? So, yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, a couple, and, and I didn't, I actually did not know Roger Deakins was a cinematographer on here. So going back to a little bit ago, when we brought that up. Uh, anything that guy does, that guy can shoot a rice commercial and make it, make it amazing. Um, I love that Deakins. <laughs> I know that, 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 that guy is, is phenomenal. Um, Terrence Howard, I, I, I don't know about him. I, did he, I, I don't think he's ever played. Come on, he's, man. Come on, man. Um, next time, baby. Um, I, I don't think he's, I, I don't ever, I feel like he plays the same role in every movie he's in. And he doesn't have like, he has this, like, I call it Terrence Howard face where he doesn't like show expression. Any movie I've ever seen him in, he's just stone faced. And I just, I, I think he's a terrible actor. I met him All right. once. I'm, I'm kind of going to call phony baloney on this because uh yes well he's not in this a ton i i did see some good stuff from him in here and in particular the scene where uh they're torturing dano for the first time um and you know jackman at at one point has him up by the throat up against the wall threatening to hit him with a hammer howard is in that scene also and he looks as frightened, if not more so, than Dano's character. Yeah. And I just, I thought that was brilliant. Because, again, you know, this is a guy who does not agree with uh, Keller's methods. And, and he does not want to cross that line. And uh, it just, it was, it's not, it's not easy to catch because he's in the background. As opposed to Keller and, and uh, Dano or um, whatever. Jackman and Dano's characters being in the foreground. But if you glance that way you can see the expressions and i i thought that was tremendous all right well <laughs> take that out and go to the rest of his filmography it's just terrence howard face okay, okay fair even a Rest blind squirrel finds him not face. he did one good scene he's a terrible person Jeez. yeah but i mean overall i if i had to i i feel like i heart like in terms of denis movies this is I would probably put this up there. It's hard to say as a favorite because all the knee movies for me are very highly ranked. This is his, and you mentioned it, Greg, it's his most down to earth uh, in terms of just small scale. And it's the most probably realistic movie, this and Sicario. Um, and I, I just, I, I really want not the future robots one or the aliens one. <laughs> that's not right. yeah, they're, they're, yeah well now aliens okay. exist apparently so maybe a rival is probably more real than we think um based on a true story based on a true story uh aliens exist um yeah i i i think that it, it's i wouldn't put it in my like top three of denny movies but it definitely i i think this is maybe i'm spoiled of just watching this more recent more more note like you know more um widely released movies uh, it's probably not my favorite denny movie i wouldn't put it in a top list with that with that being said this is a this is a great movie because i feel like it's denny kind of finding his footing in hollywood and it was a good intro to mainstream outside of enemy and i've you know another one that we might have mentioned um yeah i i think this was the start if i if i you know if i would have seen this in 2013 i i, I would get excited for it all his movies that come out. I mean, Sicario was the first one I saw, but he just keeps getting better for me. And if this was his starting point, this is a great, a great starting movie to have. Um, and it still goes, the, the, the man has no misses for me. Not, not a single miss. Um, and you know, I'm excited for Dune too. We talked about that a little bit. 
Um, but I don't, I don't care what this guy does. I really don't care. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes just put a best director in the past 25 years and Christopher Nolan won. Uh, I call hogwash on that. It should have went to Denis because he was in the final, but whatever. Can't have a vote. No. All right. Well, then you don't get to say who should have won if you don't vote. I'm just saying. I, you know. Well, you know, vote next time. Um, whatever. It was actually, it was actually a runaway too when I voted. It was uh, very highly Nolan. Um, yeah, oh, I mean, I I was yeah, my sh- one vote yeah. didn't count. Well, yeah, I don't know if it would help, but you you could have at least had a say in it. Um, I will say uh, I do like the way this movie ends as well in regard to kind of, um, you know, that low-key element of, of still trying to, you know, solve the case or, you know, put a put a finishing point on it. Um, and in regards to Denny movies, I think, you know, like you said, Chris, it's, it's hard to quantify um, in regards to that. I mean, you know, I just Sicario and Arrival to me, I think are two fantastic, you know, movies. And then, you know, yeah, Dune in there, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a little lukewarm, you know, to mild on Blade Runner 2049. Um, while I think it is still good, um, I do think it uh, is fantastic. And, you know, this one to me, uh, you know, I, I definitely have moved up from my three stars. I moved it to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just jump into my rating. Uh, you know, 4.25 stars for me um, out of five uh, with, you know, if I have to give it a round number, it would be uh, four uh, in regards to that. So, um, yeah, that's where I find myself. Papa, I'll throw it to you for any final thoughts and um, any last minutes <laughs> yeah. uh, you want to add yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you had actually mentioned the scene with Jackman and Gyllenhaal in the car when yeah. uh, Loki picks up Keller right outside of the um, uh, the liquor store. And I think that is one of the best scenes in the movie. Like, the performances sure. from both of them, but especially Jackman, just out of this world. Like, out of this world. So, absolutely love that. Shout out to that scene. Uh, also, there was a scene where um, Hugh Jackman's character has a haunting dream of his daughter uh, where she found the red whistle, uh, the danger whistle or whatever it was. And uh, it's just, it, it very much plays like how a dream would in real, in real life. And uh, you know, I, I have dreams more frequently than I care to, and they're not always great. And uh, this is one of those dreams where you just, it's almost heartbreaking because it's like the thing, all that you want is right there in the dream. And then you wake up and back to sobering reality where that person is not there. So um, totally felt that and beautifully done and, uh, you know, very, very realistic. Uh, David Desmalkin, before I get to um, final score and all that stuff, I just, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on him because he's, to me, he's, um, a very solid B actor where, you know, not again, not all of his performances are amazing. Uh, and I, I don't even know that any of them would quantify for or qualify for like a, a best supporting actor nom, but, um, I just, I think he's like a really solid hand and anytime he pops up, it's like, all right, I know I'm going to get a pretty decent, uh, performance. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on him? He's currently on that. That I think he's approaching the the 
um, I guess what you call, I, I think the ringer, I forget what they call him, but like that guy status where <laughs> yeah. you, you basically, he's that guy that you've seen him in movies or you watch, you're like, Oh, I've seen him in Ant-Man or I've seen him in certain movies, whatever. Like, Oh, he was just an Oppenheimer. Um, he just came out recently and said that he wants to play a Bond villain in yeah. the next, and with the next series of James Bond. I, I would be all for that. I, I feel like he has that 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 screen presence to bring like i mean remy malik was a a a a bond villain and remy malik's a little more known because of yeah mr i almost said bad robot mr robot and a couple other movies that he did um i think he would i think david delmaston but i'm I'm not i didn't even try and say his name um would be a would be a perfect bond villain i i I, this that would be the next step to cross him from that guy to probably more of a more mainstream name yeah, um, Harry, what are your thoughts on he's, he's a he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cool. you know, uh, I mean, he's worked with he's worked with Nolan. He's worked with James Gunn in Suicide Squad. He's worked with, mm-hmm. I mean, Nolan again in Oppenheimer. Um, I was I was thinking about the Batman movies. Um, yeah, you know, working with Denny. You know, I I I, I do agree with Chris's point there, and I, I think it's just something where yeah, continue to keep giving him. Um, some love uh, in regards to to work and and choices and yeah you know a, a big villain role or a lead of a miniseries um, you know or something like that. One thing I did forget to mention uh, just to circle back really quick. Uh, I think if this was made five years later, this would be an eight episode HBO. Yep. Um, you know, series, limited series. True Detective so, season three. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think uh I think this coming out in twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, um, you know, definitely has that element uh of this was a movie that was two and a half hours as opposed to an eight hour miniseries, you know. Could have expanded on some of the uh characters in depth as well. Um <laughs> final thoughts. Yeah, dude. Absolutely loved it. Uh I am usually the type of person that enjoys a happy ending and I like closure to a story like there's here's a definitive this is what happened and so on and so forth and this movie did not give that and I think it actually fits and I'm uh, yeah and I'm glad that they they went that route like yeah we don't find out you know I don't even we don't see Keller actually getting rescued right the last time we see him is going in and finding the whistle in the hole and that's it yeah. he's whistling yeah that's right he's whistling and loki is like he knows something's up yeah. so you can you can assume that they find keller and whatever rescue him and he goes off to jail um but yeah i think i think it was an appropriate way to end the movie and uh i i yeah i i enjoyed it uh even though it's not normally my bag um as far as score, I give this four point five out of five. Absolutely love Strong. it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rank the Denny movies. I think I need a little more thought to do that. I can't just do that on the spot. But uh, Fair but this is definitely up there for me. And I just I love that it is a smaller scale movie. I love the performers that are in this. I love a good crime thriller movie, and this is that. Uh, I mean, it it hits all the boxes for me. Uh, I think, I don't know, we, we'd probably be talking five star for me if, if it was like half an hour shorter, but I'm not going to knock it too uh, much for the runtime. Well, no, I'm I'm not going to knock it too much for the runtime just because everything fits like there's not, there's not a point where it drags for me or anything. I just, yeah. 
as a personal preference. It's like I prefer shorter movies nowadays. Yeah, that's a bad take, <laughs> but it's fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just tremendous movie. Happy that I picked this one so I could go back and rewatch. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah, I went four out of five. I didn't get my score. I gave four out of five. Um, not my, like I said, on the weaker side of Denis movies, but that's that's still a strong, a strong uh, thing for me because he he just doesn't miss. He don't show. miss. That concludes. Never have I ever seen for this go round. Stay tuned because next time, whenever next time comes up, I'm gonna be in the hot seat. It's ya boy, Papa Spice. Um, Harry, anything for the peeps? Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, appreciate it. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed the deeper dive into Dracula and into Prisoners. Um, as I like to title this episode, Bram Stoker's Prisoners. Um, so thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll have some fun content for you next time as well. Um, or, you know, maybe we'll let Hanready let loose. Uh, you know, we'll see what. Uh, other trouble he can get into <laughs> hands anything for the peeps with that being said just please uh, look for uh, just look for my uh, next week on my apology on something that we're going to talk about after our show it's probably something going to come up that uh, i'm going to have to apologize for so <laughs> definitely the <laughs> the hands apology tour yeah. 2020 it, it, it continues it continues in two weeks <laughs> uh couple quick things Shout out again to Magic Mind. If you're looking for a great energy supplement, go to magicmind.com slash Papa Spice. Use code HOT20, that's HOT20, uh, to get a amazing discount on those products. And a uh, little surprise for those who are know me from my YouTube channel. I've got um, something in the works. I'm looking to put out a new video soon so search Ooh. for me papa spice on youtube and uh stay tuned uh but that is it for now everybody we love you all stay safe be good to each other bless up and make sure you always live spicy